The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormush. I'm your host for this week's episode of Beyond, our weekly PlayStation show here at IGN. I am joined this week by Brian Altano. I'm starting on the other side of the table. Beyond. Max Scoville. Hey. And Ronnie Barrier. Hello. Hello, Ronnie. Happy well, to be here. Welcome to the show. This is your first time on camera. It is my first time on camera at this job. I think I threw at something at Destin at one point okay. during a live stream. <laughs> I, mean, I think we all have. Yeah, probably. You deserved it, for sure. Uh, this is your first time on Beyond, but this is not your first experience with Beyond. Why don't you tell right, these viewers yeah. and listeners at home what you've done with this show yeah, and also you, what you do at IGN. You uh, may have heard my name a few times. Uh, I, I produced the, the video show, and then we promptly moved it to audio, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's like any kind of it was all because of you on my yeah, ability, but... Uh, yeah, I, I grew up listening to Beyond. I say grew up in, in like starting in college the last, I don't know, gosh, seven or eight years uh, listening to Beyond almost weekly and Unlocked and all the shows here at IGN and just to, to like be here and then work on it and then be on it is pretty insane. So I thank you so much for having me here. Of course, we're glad to have you. You, of course, have given us our wonderful jingles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Where did you find that child who keeps making the sounds? It was a, uh, what was it? It was just a royalty-free thing. I, I Googled, like, extra, extra, because that's just pay what the was kid? in my bed. Probably, he's probably gone now. How rich do you think that child is from all the jingle money he's made? <laughs> uh, his estate is probably worth quite a bit. He's probably gone. It, was, roy- like, it was like the 1920s. Royalty-free child. Royalty-free child. That's it. It can't be legal. Yeah, I don't know. It was a different time back then. Huh. What time do you think it was? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the early 1920s. Okay. When, right. when were flappers around? They were the 20s. But okay, so they yeah. recorded that crystal clear audio. There you go. In 1920. Okay, exactly. Uh, well, what better way to segue then into News Crunch for the week? Crunch. Yeah, that was definitely recorded on wax cylinders in the time of cholera. Changes, for sure. It changes the jingle significantly knowing that he did not receive a paycheck for saying that. That's kind of, that's bold. That, I don't like that. That's uh, that's that's cold hard business, yeah. I guess. If you know that kid, let's let's start a fund and get him some money. Uh, later in the Go show, fund. we have an interview with the kid from the News Crunch <laughs> video. He'll be talking to us about not receiving royalties for Scoop. the show. His name is young Andrew Goldfarb. <laughs> Um, other than talking about our uh, beloved Lord and Savior, Andrew Goldfarb, we do have a lot to talk about this week for News Crunch. Uh, a lot of miscellaneous news has happened, uh, things, of course, we missed in the week between. One thing I want to get to, which actually happened before we recorded the show, is that EA Origin Access, however they name it these days, is finally coming to PlayStation 4 this July. Mm-hmm. So the service essentially gives you access to a library of EA games that includes stuff from the Battlefield, FIFA, Madden, Star Wars Battlefront franchises, and more. 
Uh, and in addition to that, you get essentially first trials where you get to play up to 10 hours of a game as it's releasing. Uh, usually there is like a certain tier of it that lets you play games a week beforehand. Right. The premiere, I, I dug into this stuff for, for Anthem, which yeah. is I, uh, outside of being sort of like a, a weird wobbly video game, is uh, has one of the most convoluted launches for any modern piece of entertainment period so that basically had there's multiple tier structures to the ea access origin access premiere and then there was like console and pc exclusivity narrowed down within all that yeah but yeah so that that cluster f word is is coming to ps coming to ps4 yeah, so i don't think way. premiere will be on here based on like what i've been reading from right. the press release and everything but you will obviously get ea access and all of that i think they do also have like just a standard ea access you get to play a game a little bit ahead of time yep. like a couple of days so that will further confuse dan stapleton about when to assign reviews of ea games so yeah. so based on ea's kind of recent output do you guys give a hoot about this um it's <sighs> mm. I'll put it this way. Uh, I, I will say that this is this feels like one of those things, like many things that uh, was designed and then launched with good intentions and then rapidly became something that's sort of nefarious, which ultimately became like pay money to play a thing early. Um, and I don't exactly know how I feel about that, especially because sometimes content gets tied to that early access. Um, like if you're really into a game like Anthem or something and there's like an exclusive skin that you can only get through this thing, um, I feel like that gets a little prickly um, and I could see why some people would be irked about that. Uh, video game launches, as we kind of hinted at before, are already kind of convoluted enough. Um, that said there, if you're a big fan of EA games, like this is pretty cool to have that ability on PS4, uh, which is the most the best-selling console right now. And so, like, if you do want to play a game that's coming out soon, like, this is the kind of thing where I could sit here and lambast this and be like, no, how dare you? <laughs> and then when I, if you tell me I can play Fallen Order two weeks early this fall on EA Early Access on PS4, I will quietly grumble and shut up and pay the money and do it. Cause yeah, there's not a whole lot of Fallen Orders in EA's catalog, though. That's true. That's true. I mean, and, like, what we see at every one of their press conferences is, like, it's weird to be a fan of just EA because that's that means you're a fan of, like, 70 different sports and then space and also, like, shooting things realistically. I Everyone should be a fan of space. It's pretty great. cool. Yeah. It's like Earth but bigger. <laughs> um, it is an interesting thing. So it will cost, as it does on other platforms, I believe, four ninety nine per month or $30 annually. Um, one thing I did want to bring up which i think is very interesting is so it's been available i believe on xbox since 2014 uh a few years ago a sony representative when asked about whether ea access or anything like that would come to the ps4 this was actually 2014 uh a Sony representative said, quote, we don't think asking our fans to pay an additional $5 a month for this EA-specific program represents good value to the PlayStation gamer. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, things can change in five years. Yeah. And like, again, they are the market leader. It, if, you can get, if it's doing well on other platforms, they probably have a sense of that. Like EA probably has told them how many subscribers there are on other systems. EA probably sees benefit in being on the market leader console and all yeah. that. Like, there are obviously reasons I could see. It's just a funny thing to have that such a prominent, this is not worth it statement out there in the face of this. This is, this is interesting. I feel like we've had a lot of talks lately about sort of the fatigue of different subscription services for streaming video. Uh, I 
worked on a piece about that hasn't gone up yet about sort of just how like kind of burnt out on Netflix I am, especially like in lieu of all the other stuff that's sort of quietly launching and sort of upping its own game. And I feel like we're rapidly approaching that with games too. Uh, question about this: Is this is this like cross-platform? Like, if you subscribe to EA Play on PS4, does it roll over to Xbox and like PC if you as well? Have it there? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I do not know that. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. Let me. Like, see. I feel like the fact that we don't know that off the top top of your head is is kind of that is bad messaging on their part. It is like it like convoluted is the word I keep using for this because I think it's like on top of everything else that you pay for on PS4. Uh, there's this now as this sort of secondary option to access content from one specific developer. And I think like we're we're seeing this the Netflix thing is a great comparison because we're like there's CBS All Access if you want to watch Twilight Zone and there's Disney Plus if you want to watch The Mandalorian. And these are like hyper focused verticals based on one specific company some of which are like when you go to CBS what do you have? You have like Twilight Zone uh, the Good Fight. The Good Fight. I love The Good Wife. Survivor. But then you go to Disney and it's like this gigantic thing. And so EA is, I I would guess, somewhere between CBS and Disney in terms of content. I mean, well, it's one of those things where it's like if you buy Madden and FIFA every year, which obviously a large audience, not necessarily us, but mm-hmm. a large audience does, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, well, that, the other thing is is backwards compatibility. Like, yeah. Which, which, is, which makes sense on Xbox One. Because EA does have a bunch of older games, and they're like weirdly opposed to doing HD remasters and re-releasing stuff. Yeah, but especially if you hate that, if you're on PC where there's not really a, that much, especially with sort of you know more quote unquote modern games, like in, you get access to the sort of EA catalog. This makes a ton of sense, but on Xbox One it makes slightly less sense, and on PS4 as a sort of standalone thing, it doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, so we we don't know the extent to which the library will be PS4 versus Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, on Xbox, you get those backwards compatible, anything that's backward compatible in the EA library that they've included, you get 360 titles that you could play. Right. Obviously, they have not said whether PS3 titles will come. And obviously, there are PS3 games you can play on PlayStation Now um, mm. to a certain extent, but like you can't, We there's no like standard backward compatibility for all PlayStation players. So I presume PS3 games will not be part of the EA Access library. Yeah, that's so weird. And so then... Yeah, then I do have questions about how the subscription model applies to multiple ecosystems because it, if you're paying on Xbox and you get all these backwards compatible games but you don't get as many on PS4, then by measure, the PS4 is a less valuable service than the Xbox One is. But if you already have a PC and an Xbox One, then this is like kind of good news for anybody who is paying 5 bucks a month? Yeah, it's an added value to people who are already paying it. Right. <laughs> but if you're not... I don't know if this is enough to get you to sign up yet. I what I don't, and, <laughs> which is odd, right? Um, I, I think that like when this debate's happening on the on the Steam Epic Store thing right now is like anytime anything sort of starts whittling down into exclusivity that is based on a third party, that's when it starts to get tricky because historically we've seen third parties as these scattershot system, companies that basically put their stuff everywhere, um, and so I don't want to get into a universe where like you can only play certain EA games early on certain platforms and, and can't overhear and can't overhear. It's already so much of a mess. Like we have what, enough of that. What can I play early in yeah. and early access, that kind of stuff, to to split it up even more between systems? Kind of sounds like a nightmare. But They, they tweeted out that chart for Anthem that okay. was just like... Yeah. yeah Here are the 22 ways you can get to yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine Sony would want some kind, of, some kind of the cut for EA access. I don't know if PC or... Or Xbox takes anything from mm-hmm. that, but like they were so stringent on crossplay stuff. Like because if someone buys a skin in Fortnite, they don't want you to buy it on PC and then bring it to PS4 
because then they don't get a cut of it. So yeah. I, I want to see what kind of revenue split Sony gets <laughs> with this subscription service. Well, this is like the weird thing that's happening now across pretty much every platform in in every way we consume things where like even like apple and spotify are beefing because they're sort of like when one thing is the bigger thing and the smaller thing is like how do we put our thing on your thing there becomes this little sort of argument that happens from it and And so like title and there's title yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) right over there on the side and so like this is ea basically saying to playstation can we have a store on your store yeah like that's the the best way I can possibly whittle it down. I, I think part of it also just comes from them future proofing for PS5. Yeah. Like, just to make sure this is there on day one for PS5. Yeah, I mean, true. like to me, a lot of the moves PlayStation has made, whether internally or with third parties in the last six months to a year, has been the, the PS4 has already sold. It is the winner of this generation sales wise. Pretty like everything is in their court right now. Make sure things are set up for next generation, especially mm-hmm. when their competition is so loudly being like we're setting ourselves up for next gen. I think something that they could do that would be really wonderful goodwill right now to sort of like kick off this weird new marriage is say, hey, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you get these two free games this month and you also get a free month of EA Origin access. Yeah. Premiere. They just cut down PS Plus benefits as well. So that could be kind of a a gesture of goodwill. But I mean, we were all kind of quiet about that one, by the way. Like, that's the kind of thing. I mean, we weren't on the show, but like, we went from like five games a month to two and everyone was like, was that like an official announcement? No, they just like quietly were like, oh. "Hey, we're working. We're we're downsizing these things, and then we'll we'll work yeah. on new opportunities hmm. to make the future of the good better than they than okay, it yeah. is." Yeah, for that's, sure. That's great. That was yeah. the official well, statement. So the weird thing, if we're looking ahead at sort of like a cloud a cloud based future, uh, and sort of it's less that you're, I feel like we're we're getting sort of very cerebral here. But like, what if like let's say a service or like where the games are is is if it's all based in the cloud if it's all sort of something you access via an app anyway then what if like ea's subscription service in lieu of paying whatever it is for playstation plus or xbox games with gold or xbox live or the various things you have to pay for to either get the games or play the games online what if you paid the rate for ea regardless of what system you're on whether it's pc xbox or or uh, PS4 because it's all it's all in the cloud anyway. Right. Like conceivably, could there be a subscription service that is sort of like in the same way that your Netflix account is the same Netflix account on any platform it's on, but you only get Netflix titles? Is there a future where it's EA versions of that? Like, I mean, that's what Stadia is. Like that's what right. Stadia is trying to do. It right. Just, it depends on. So is EA trying to do that? Two? Well, even even that gets... Maybe to an extent. I mean, like, yeah. that's the weird future we're getting to, and it's the same thing on the entertainment side, where, like, as you get to fewer and fewer companies, like the mega corporations, they all want to be the service that you go to. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, like, PlayStation and Xbox seem the obvious ones, but maybe some of the publishers, like EA, want to be there for when maybe we move off of this console, like, yeah. the, right. the but ecosystem. It's... They can say, you already have a subscription to us we're in the door already like i th- it, i think there is to an extent that well that's why i like i like quietly signed up for the epic game store and I, every time they're like free game i just click add it sure. to my library because yeah. i'm like one day i might use these like a hoarder yeah but i think like what splinters things already with a lot of these uh sort of ecosystems that are universal is that if you look at something like steam and you have 100 games and you open up on your mac you have 10 games and if you have netflix and you open it up in the uk or Japan, you you have a totally different library there, you know, and so like mm. it's that gets tricky too because there's all like there's regional differences and like it's it's not as easy as just being like there's a cloud and everyone can pluck a game from it at the same time. Like 
all this legal stuff comes in and then there's like uh you know localization that comes in and like a weird strategic timing when it comes to regions and and markets and all that kind of stuff yeah so, and no game really exists in a permanent state anymore yeah like you talked about the early access stuff and and jumping on games early i mean i felt kind of burned because um i'm, I'm a huge jrpg fan and i just marathon final fantasy 15 when it came out that game is so much better now the way yeah. it launched in terms of stability and all the content they added and stuff like that um if they if ea access gives me a way to kind of try things out um, like sports games in particular. I don't want to do career modes, but I, I love playing online, that kind of stuff. If that gives me an ability to try that stuff out and it's different, like, states that it goes in without having to spend, like, a big purchase on it, I, I think I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But that is kind of a a fine line to walk with. Do I really own it here and not here or not here? And that's, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's weird. I mean, like, we we are sort mostly living in like a post demo society. Like yeah. we used to get those for everything. I mean, PlayStation you should literally mailed out demo discs with Yeah. XBLA, like, like every every game would yep. come with like a 30 minute demo. Yeah, I mean like there's there's like surprisingly there's enough of them kicking around these days where it, like it's still you can still try out some new games, but this new thing where they let, just let you play the first 10 hours and then hopefully like maintain your save and like your progress and carry it over like it's a little trickier but also like having you pay for that access is where it gets a little gross to me because the entire purpose of a demo was to try something for free to justify as a consumer whether or not you wanted to give it your 60 dollars, which is a lot of money yeah um and now you pay for some pay for the idea of trying something before you actually realize if you want it or not yeah i mean i can't remember where I saw it, but but the data came out that the people who had Game Pass on Xbox bought more games. Yeah. Which seems backwards. It's like, you're getting all these free games, why are you buying more games? But, I mean... That, that's bizarre to me, by the way, because like, yeah. I love Game Pass. I use it all the time. Um, I, it's, I've said on the show a hundred times, it's one of my favorite things to come out of this gen, and I hope Sony steals it. Um, in no universe have I ever been, like, played through an entire game on Game Pass and been like, time to buy it. <laughs> Because like I feel like I got everything I wanted from it, yeah. and it'll be there as long as I need it. Hopefully, fingers crossed. If they don't remove, it. if they don't remove it yeah. arbitrarily it's, without time. I, I feel like we're really in a like crucial point at how these services are all figuring out the optimal way: one, to get your money to subscribe to them, but two, like the best way to make you feel like it is worth it. Yeah. Because like to me, obviously, I understand why they wouldn't do this off the bat, but like th- they're introducing this so late into the PlayStation life st- cycle. Offer it for free to PlayStation Plus subscribers for two or three months. Yeah. Uh, like, there's no integration into the already existing service that you have. Um, and I think the compounding services will only complicate things while we're still tied to specific boxes. Yeah. And all of this confusion about um, subscriptions and uh, like launch dates and releases and like which version of a game you're actually playing. That has nothing to do with what happens when you actually start a video game in 2019. Like that's all completely removed from like the sort of the the bad rep that EA has gotten over the last few years about like microtransactions and DLC and all this stuff of like multiple different uh, economies in each game. Like once you got into like the nitty gritty on, on a couple of the recent games, you're like, wait, what? You have to buy like crystals to get orbs to get like lasers to trade in like that's this is all this confusion is before you even start a video game and so like i feel like the 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 monetization side of the back end of video games now is is convoluted and now even buying them and figuring out when an actual release date is convoluted and these are supposed to be escapist power fantasies that we don't have to think too hard about 
And that's all we're doing now. <laughs> hey, so you know what's kind of funny about the EA thing? Yeah. It's it, when you tell me that like, oh, you can have access to EA games for this one low price or whatever. I it it I I can barely feel anything. I just I feel dead inside. I don't. So many of the recent things have just been uh, either you know colossal sort of public disasters that just you, you get tired thinking about, or they've just been sort of like, meh, it's all right, it's fine, move mm-hmm. on to the next thing. But they also have a massive back catalog. Yeah. And the second that they're like, hey, the EA archives, like if they suddenly, they're like, oh, no, no, not, sorry, sorry, not EA, you know, three time concurrent uh, worst company in America award winner. We're talking electronic arts. You remember that old thing that was on like CD ROMs? Like, the, you know, <laughs> the ones that made Skate and like American McGee's Alice. And like, there's so many old games out there oh, where if you suddenly. Told me, like, Skate, Dead Space, and I don't know, like SSX Tricky were available yeah. somehow to play on this. I played that all the time. Dude, like, EA made e- Battle Chess. What if there was a way to put those games on PlayStation, like through some sort of store that we're already all using? It's a shame there's no way to do that. But what Impossible. you can do on the PlayStation Store, um, our place, we we mentioned a little bit the PlayStation Plus of it all. Like there are new free games this month that I did want to discuss. Yep. Um, obviously, I think when we get a little bit more of a clearer picture on EA, I want to revisit it just because there are so many questions right now that we're still waiting to hear from. And that reminds me, I should probably send EA an email with those questions. And an, see EA an EA mail. An EA mail. That's what they call them there. An EA mail. Uh, I did want to mention, since of course it happened in between shows, this month's free PlayStation Plus games are What Remains of Edith Finch and Overcooked 1, not Overcooked 2. Oh. Which is a little bit of a bummer in my mind. I know Overcooked 2 came out last year, Mm -hmm. but still... Overcooked 2 is well, the better version is. of Overcooked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like, those are both two good games to me. Again, it's still this, I still feel weird that there are only two games in this lineup still. Also, those, I mean, I feel like we, we've sort of been conditioned to be like, you get the, you know, it's kind of like the loot crate approach where there's like, you get the big AAA game from three years ago and then you get like a couple of indies and then like yeah. a PS3 game and then a Vita game that you already had or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like, these are two games that were 20 bucks when they launched. You know? Yeah. 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 Do you um, think they're sorry, Brian? Do you think their infrastructure really costs this much, or are they planning to add more value back with the PS5? I don't know. I honestly thought that this late in the generation, we would be getting stuff like Metal Gear Solid Five for free. Yeah. And not Ground Zero. Didn't we already? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Phantom Pain. Uh, I want to check. I think we might have. It was definitely on Xbox. It was definitely on Games of Gold. It might have also been on PlayStation. Um, We already have that game. I mean, I was hoping we'd get more PlayStation VR stuff. Yeah. Yeah, No, me too, for sure. I totally agree with that. Uh, Also, I don't think any of us has the answer here, but like, when they give you a game like Overcooked, does it come with all the DLC? Because the DLC for Overcooked is awesome. No. I don't believe so. It doesn't, because they had yeah. Bulletstorm a couple months ago. And the only reason I wanted to play Bulletstorm in 2019 was so I could play that weird Duke Nukem DLC they patched did in there. Did it not come with that? No, it doesn't come with that. Oh, man. And also, going back to the thing about, uh, what is it? Uh, not Games with Gold. The other thing, Game Pass, being a motivation for like buying more stuff. I think the logic there is like, how many times have you gone on like Amazon Prime to find a movie and you're like, oh, this, this one movie that's streaming for free reminds me of another movie I want to watch. And you look it up and you're like, that's $4 to rent it. Well, here I am. Yeah. To be like reminded that you there's a thing that you want by a thing that's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I get that. So yeah, I did not pay for the Duke Nukem deal. Also on Game Pass, the download button and the buy button are super close to each other. Like they're that, really snuggling. I just actually activated Game Pass on my PC because mm-hmm. I wanted to play Sea of Thieves, but no one would play with me. Uh, but the um, the weird interface in the Windows Store was so confusing to me. I'm like, I don't really know what I can download. Maybe I'm just an idiot. But just jumping on there for the first time, 
It's like, I don't know. They're just going to send you a bill and be like, you owe us Probably. $275. No, I, I, this is like one of the things I want to see on PlayStation 5 and, and, and every next-gen co- console while we're taking a few months between these things. is like, overhaul the stores. Yeah. You know, make everything a little better. Um, the fact that we just got searched the way we did on the PlayStation store like, yeah. in the last year. Instead of that, that weird the, yeah, <laughs> narrow like tube single, of letters. Yeah. Um, I will say that like what remains of Edith, Edith Finch is an awesome video game. Yes. Um, yeah. You can finish it in a couple hours. It's like, it's it's reductive to call it a walking simulator because it's so much more than that, but it's a really haunting, beautiful story. Um, and Overcooked is one of my favorite multiplayer games ever it's made. It's so fun. Those it's are both like I don't mean to, to, to you know undersell these. These are both wonderful, wonderful games. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's two great games. If you have not played them, I'd imagine like if you've played Overcooked, you've probably already also played like Overcooked Two. Yeah. Or if you decided to buy Overcooked Two because you heard such great things about Overcooked, you're probably not going to go back to the first one really. But mm-hmm. yeah, Edith Finch. Uh, for those who don't know, it's made by the Unfinished Swan team. Yeah. Uh, both great games. Absolutely worth playing. Never mind. That might be a spoiler. I won't bring it up in case anyone hasn't played Edith, Edith Finch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Edith Finch is definitely worth playing in Overcooked. Like you said, I've had so much fun with that game. It is absolutely like I will one say of the that, best I will say that Overcooked, like Edith Finch is one of the best single player games of this generation. Overcooked is one of the worst single player games. Of yes. This it's like a oh, weird man. RTS mode. Yeah. You switch between people. Yeah. When you're playing it's solo, it's it's really hard. Yeah. Um, but there's no one to get mad at. You just scream at yourself. And that's yeah, really good. You gotta, you gotta playing local co-op is where it's at. Yeah. I know it sucks, but that's a game about too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. yes um so and you can be a raccoon you can can be a raccoon in is a he in a wheelchair yeah yeah, yeah. he's yeah. in a wheelchair yeah. yeah uh overcooked 2 has a lot more animal playable characters uh, so that's if, true if that's what you love about overcooked i don't i'm not the kind of person to really want a lot of like prequels to explain things but i really want to know why that raccoon is in a wheelchair he got his yeah. leg stuck in the garbage dumpster <laughs> i want a game about that there it is i play that yeah what food was he making in the dumpster? We'll find what? out. Yes, there's probably like a, one of those skeleton fish. In Undercooked. Um, <laughs> moving on, I did want to mention uh, in terms of things you can play on your PS4 right now. What remains of eaten fish? <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. I, my transition was whatever. Uh, you can play Days Gone with uh, quite a few patches. They've been steadily releasing patches since the release of that game. Uh, first you mean of all, like sick biker patches that say FTW or like hog it's, man? It's worse when you're sitting next to him. Yeah. Usually I just hear this like over my headphones, but he's actually here right now. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the real life experience. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no time for chuckles and goofs in the old news crunch. Not at all. Uh, this is serious business about the bikers. Um, I did want to ask, have you guys played Days Gone at all? Do you have any impressions? If not, it's okay. I have some impressions from the Beyond Facebook group. But I Actually, I played a couple hours, and yeah. then I specifically, because of the story you're reading right now, or in anticipation of stories like this, I waited. I'm actually really excited to get to like like seriously dig into that game because, and this is like cheap, but I keep hearing from like a m- multiple people that like it really starts to get good after like twenty something hours. Like you get all these things, the world really opens up. You get all these new skills and stuff like that. Um, but it was kind of disappointing to see a lot of like the sort of like the technical stuff going on. Um, hordes popping up out of nowhere. There's like glitch videos going around all over the place, which happens. It's yeah. video games. There's a billion moving parts. But there's that great video, like, and I mean, it's like it's a funny. Goof, obviously, it's terrible if you encounter it, but like someone's just walking around and then just all the freakers appear around them. Yeah, like, I actually want that. I want like a new game of just, just that. Invisible freakers. Yeah, because that's up. super freaky. Yeah. Um, but uh, no pun intended. But I know I was actually waiting a little bit for just this to be a slightly more technically sound experience before I can really dig in. I've been saying this since before this game came out. And even when the reviews hit and everything, I'm like, I, I'm a big fan of like just kind of just open world games like this where you can kind of just mess around and have fun and like 
slowly level up little like a lot of the things that people were like very vocally complaining about was just like oh there's all these meters to fill and like you kill things and then meters fill up and i was like i kind of like that stuff. yeah i'm I'm, <laughs> like, I'm i'm going back through odyssey right now and that's just that's, i've been playing odyssey a lot too. yeah that's that's what you do i put on a podcast and i just sit there and i play odyssey and just clear one camp out Yep. Odyssey is one of those so. things too, where like I so I've put in about twenty hours into Days Gone, and I've I'm pretty much taking a break for now. Like I, yeah. I've gotten my fill of it. Uh, obviously, we talked about impressions a bit last week with Lucy. I'm fine with it. Like I I don't hate it. I don't think it's amazing, but like I'm fine with it for now. Mm-hmm. But it, it just kind of I got a little burnt out on it because I wasn't really attached to the story in any way, and so I kind of put it down. Um, but it is one of those things where like I'm playing Odyssey four or five months after its release, maybe even a little later, and they did a bunch of quality of life stuff in that game where like it was hard to fast travel around the map because there were so few viewpoints. So they added like 20 more in in one of the updates, and they did all these little things. And I'm glad I'm playing Odyssey now. Yeah, and I what think a- I'm going to do the same thing with Days Gone, where I'm going to play it later on. What yes. a what a bizarre medium, right? Where we all we you have to rush to be there on day 1 to be part of the conversation, to be part of the zeitgeist, to to experience this thing before you get spoiled and all this other stuff. But if you wait, you are rewarded with a better video game most of the time, yeah. unless it's an online video game that loses popularity and everyone leaves. Yeah. So there's what like a, a weird spot happens. there. No, that's yeah. yeah. I'm I, kind of the same thing. I Brian, I think you're honestly probably going to really enjoy Days Gone mm-hmm. uh, once the sort of discourse dies down. That's the other thing. I, I played a bit of this game. I, I think it's technically totally fine. I I realize that I just don't care about biker stuff. It just doesn't grab me, and I'm kind of burnt out on zombie things. Not enough patches. Exactly. Any more patches? <laughs> I want to for the win patches. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't like that that man wore a backwards hat to his wedding. Um, that's a screenshot. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's a spoiler or not. I don't really know. Uh, but uh, like, I. I don't know. Like Days Gone is like it's totally it's totally fine, but it's again it's I think we need to sort of make peace with the fact that some games are just like massive time sinks, and it can be sort of exhausting to be like, oh, I have to complete this, and like, I don't know. Like uh, I messed around with Assassin's Creed Origins, and I got like halfway through that, and I was like, no, I'm I'm full, I'm good, I had yeah. enough, you know. And with with Days Gone, it's it's literally called Days Gone. Like it's a great way to kill a bunch of time and a bunch of freakers, and you know some people are cool with that, and some people want like you know the second coming of Luda narrative storytelling or whatever. Um, but it, yeah, I'm like, I could totally see myself dipping into this later when it's like, you know, on sale. I, I wound up not even get. I, I think I borrowed somebody's copy or played on someone else's account or something. So I don't even have like a, you know, copy to play. But, sure. Um, I, yeah, I just the thing that really sucked about that game was just the amount of sort of back and forth about whether or not it was a good game and like, yeah, I, so many people like we got I don't know we got emails people mad at like mad at Lucy for not being enough of a fanboy for it or something and i'm just somebody literally emailed us saying that uh opinions don't factor into don't reviews. factor she into shouldn't reviews have, yeah, I, I and that, that it, your job as a reviewer is to be a fanboy and like i don't you can agree with with a number we put on a score that's ultimately like the decision of one employee at a massive company and like i can tell you straight up that we have had debates in the office about scores for games before they even go live it's not like one person goes 6.5 and the entire company bows down and goes (laughs) 6.5 like there are many times where i'm like there there's things that we almost gave game of the year where i'm like that's like a seven to me and like Dan Stapleton's like, oh no, this is the best video game ever made. Like that, you get that was in this spot on Dan Stapleton. Max impression. has a much better one. Um, <laughs> well, uh, the day's gone. Uh, you're, you're gonna have to. Uh, there's a lot of uh, freakers in the Pacific Northwest. See, see, much better. I, I'm um, intimidated. I like it. <laughs> but I will say that, like, ultimately, like a review is the opinion of one person, and um, you you can disagree with that. But I I implore you to do that in a respectful manner, and also like. 
it's okay to like it's okay to like something that's like a seven you know like i think I don't, there's a lot of stuff that's like a seven mcdonald's is a seven yeah it is you know, it's not a five. Sometimes it is when it's bad. It's the fries are soggy. It's never a ten. Yeah, I mean, I, we talk. Sorry, but it's 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 a seven, and it's sometimes you need that, and that's that's okay. Like, the problem is our our scale is so screwed these days because like at every no reviewer touches bad games anymore. So the scale basically goes from like ten to five, and you you never see fours or threes or twos anymore because no one even touches them. YouTubers don't. Uh, they only make videos about how like goofy or funny they are. Or, make or fun of them. Yeah, if it's catastrophically bad. Yeah, you know, like the Quiet Man. Yeah, then like everybody Something dunks like on it at the same time. But like I, I I think that like we we move the goalposts so hard that we look at a seven like it's a two and it's not. You know, and like but, even and, and the problem part of the problem which we talked about last week with Lucy is that like it, it's not like she outright panned the game. It, like every aspect of it and it's not that she's calling it a bad game like she was we have a score that says bad yeah <laughs> um but because it's, yeah, what is a bad like a f- i think a f- it's a four a four yeah, yeah but because it wasn't a nine or a nine five people weren't uh, not everyone i don't want to paint a blanket like there were a lot of great beyond fans who were you know i d- disagree with lucy's opinion on it but i respect that she felt that way and you know like that's the best way you can approach a review to me it is yeah and it's it's exclusives are like nukes in the console war right like that is there's the strongest weapon you have against the opposing side yeah this is also coming hot on the tails of like god of war and spider-man so like expectations are pretty high and yeah i don't know I think a lot of people are like I've I've prepared myself for thinking this is going to be really really good and and I think we we've been seeing you know a bunch of varied opinions both in the office um, I think like on the panel last week Jr definitely has been having a lot more fun with the game than Lucy or Janet did um, Janet has found it like somewhat soothing in a way to just go through and methodically find everything mm-hmm. but she does recognize issues with the game and yeah like, it- Lu- Lucy talked about the fact like. They can patch things like a lot of people have been calling her to re-review it because of the tech issues being fixed, and she's like, "There are still problems I had with the game that go beyond the tech. Yeah, that are major factors. Right, in the game. and if that's the product they released upon launch, and that's that's the copy that they sent to reviewers to review the game. I mean, I don't think that's a fair argument that you need to re-review it because they fixed some things. I, yeah, I think like we do we do approach re-reviews uh, strategically here at IGN, and we do uh, take those as a case by case scenario. There are games like Minecraft that were fundamentally different two years later. Even a game like Splatoon, I believe we re-reviewed because like that game launched with like just a few maps and then we, we looked back at it a year later and we're like, oh, this is like robust now and like popular and like people are coming at it from all these different angles. Days Gone is a kind of thing where like, uh, like it, it, it will get a few technical patches, but a lot of the sort of like the padding and the narrative issues in that game are, are really not something you just like sort of change on. And if you like them more than we do, then power to you. I personally am waiting for more like technical uh, glitches to be removed from it because I when I play the game, I want to just enjoy it for what it is. And I'd rather not have to deal with hiccups or replaying areas and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that like it's this is like pretty much what we sort of thought this game would be for a while and that's okay but. yeah and i i do want to give quick props to sony bend considering i think their last game was 20 was it 2011 mm-hmm. that long ago Golden um, Abyss, yeah, yeah, yeah and they, they haven't made a console game since siphon filter i don't believe and to release a game like this expansive and this beautiful at times like when it works and like the the freaker tech it's a strange phrase mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff when it works as it should like it's it's something to behold it's it's really cool mm-hmm. and that could not have been easy and you know it's not like we want to crap on games or anything it's just we have to give people objective opinions of what we i mean not objective but 
as far as you can, like, look at this thing and is this a good game or not? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I do want to read, uh, we had mentioned last week, we pulled a few like uh, initial launch impressions from the Beyond group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Uh, and we did mention uh, Charles Wagner from the group. He played the game at first, didn't like it went away from it, came back, and was like, I've played eight hours, and I'm hooked. Um, oh, cool. So we, I asked him for an update, and he said, uh, since all the hosts indicated some interest in an update, about 20 hours in, started to feel repetitive and stale until I decided to take on a horde, and now I'm hooked all over again. Instead of seeing all the missions as repetitive chores, I see them as boxes that I need to check in order to get more powerful weapons to take on larger hordes. That's the game for me now. Deacon St. John, Destroyer of Hordes. Uh, and then he, I like he's sort of approaching it like the division or something like that. Yeah, and then he continued to play. Said um, after playing last night and listening to the review discussion again on my way to work this morning, I really have no idea how much time I've spent on this thing. I'm probably halfway through it. On a positive note, before I start getting negative, the mission to mission gameplay loop for me isn't bad, and it's actually kind of fun since my approach has shifted from crunch rocks, crouch rock stab, which was our gameplay loop. Was my favorite music genre. <laughs> crouch rock stab. To causing as much fear and confusion and mayhem as I can, silently headshotting someone in the middle of a bandit camp and watching everyone freak out or, be, or bringing a horde down on them helps to shake things up a bit. See, that's the kind of crap that keeps me up until 3 o'clock in the morning cackling at my TV sure. while my yeah. family's asleep. Like That's what I was doing in New Dawn a couple months ago, mm-hmm. where I was just like, I'm an old man and I go to bed early. And then I, I was just like taking down base camps in that game and I was just like with glee just yelling and screaming and laughing just watching people get headshot and opening up tiger cages i love that kind of nonsense yeah um he did say what started to stick in his craw are all the quality of life issues the mission structures specifically how quests are doled out and weird formalities you have to go through to complete them the cutscene, the frustrating limitation on inventory looting every dead body only to be told each time that my rag inventory is full etc all those little things are starting to add up there's a lot for me to love about this game but it's like the game gets in the way of itself at so many turns um, um let me ask you guys something before, uh, and it's kind of too early to say because the dust hasn't settled on this thing yet, but uh, a couple months ago we did get word that they were planning on franchising this game. This is the kind of game that we would see multiple sequels. This was like effectively a, a new IP for Sony that they were going to be working on for a long time now. Um, I see that happening with Horizon. I see that happening with God of War. Do you guys see that happening here? It's definitely going to happen so. Spider-Man. There's been such a big marketing push behind the game. I don't I, think so. I think. Really? Spider-Man, no. You don't think we're going to get another Spider-Man? No, probably not. I think, I think they told think all the stories they could possibly yeah. tell with that he, character. He's over. They're going to finish the movies, too. There's no more. Yeah. Nothing done. else to say. Uh, anyway, sorry, Ronnie. Go ahead. I totally lost my train of thought. I got really <laughs> sad at the thought um, of no more Spider-Man. I, I think if You're it, talking about the marketing. There you go. Yeah, yeah, there was such a big marketing push behind Days Gone. I think it's going to be successful enough. I mean, I don't know if it'll recoup the cost of you know eight years of development. But I think Sony, Sony has put enough behind Bend to at least give them one more try. I, they they shut down studios when they need to, mm-hmm. um, and they shut down the Drive Club's Evolution. I think the Drive Club studio. Yeah. Um, they all shut down studios when they need to. But I th- most of the things that I've heard from people are this is a really cool foundation for a better game next time. Yeah. And, you know that's coming from I haven't played the game. I I can't comment on it that way, but. From the responses I've seen, I, I think there's enough for a franchise here. Well, I, I think that, like, the, the, are we going to say? I just, I think if it is going to be a franchise for them, there's going to be a bit of a break. Whereas, like, yeah. I think they're going to want, as much as they'll give the creatives the time they need, like with Last of Us Part Two, I think they're going to want God of War and Horizon and Spider-Man as quickly as they can. With Days Gone, even if there is a large swelling of fan reaction, obviously there was somewhat of a negative reaction 
more coupled with the launch of this game than other Sony first party games in the past. And I think they will probably take the time to figure out what this is going forward. Yeah, I think it's sort of like um, the same thing we saw with Horizon, where it's like you build so many, spent so many years building this world and this narrative and these characters and this just the way things interact. And you go, here's the setting, here's the story, here's everything. And then from there, you can sort of move the needle around and try something else. Um, I, I believe that like a lot of the development leans into that and making a sequel is a little easier because you have a foundation to go from. But like I, I keep thinking about games like uh, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, which hopefully we get an announcement for like a third one pretty soon, um, where you play the first games in the franchise and you're like, all right, yeah, like let's see where this is going. And then they just keep going and you're like, oh, wow, like Assassin's Creed especially. If you look at the first game of that series versus where they are now, um, it's like, totally different game. It's a totally different game. Yeah. And you know, that franchise has evolved in so many different directions. It's become like side scrollers and there's books. There was a bad movie, a like a be- beloved movie. A beloved <laughs> film. I don't see Max, I don't see saying? the days gone brand as like having or IP having like as much mileage as if they'd launched it I don't know, seven years ago, mm-hmm. you know, like closer to sort of when sort of the you know, zombie stuff was at sort of at its peak. Uh, it just seems weird to have that in Sony's library kind of alongside The Last of Us, which, of course, goes around winning, like, BAFTAs and Game of the Year awards left and right and, like, is a similar, you know, tonally similar, you know, setting. Uh, however, you know, you look at something like a lot of work goes into the sort of the the trademarking and the, the establishing an IP in people's brains. And uh, Days Gone, there's nothing that says, you know, you could, you could do, like, a spiritual successor. You could do a similar game set somewhere else. Uh, I mean, look at look at Rage. Rage came out. It was sort of uh, critically mixed reception. Uh, people, you know, faulted its technical issues. Uh, the community loved it. People latched onto it. People got into it. I don't know if it sold as well as it was expected to. And then fast forward like seven or eight years, and we're getting a sequel that basically has not a ton to do with the first one, but has some of the same sort of bits and pieces. I mean, I think that you could take the sort of freaker technology and apply that to something else or you know basically kind of allow the sort of game to breathe and figure out what is it that makes days gone like worthwhile like right. what is what is the lasting effect of that yeah and it seems like at least from the discussion last week for those on the panel who had played 60 40 hours of the game for them it was getting to the hordes and getting past the first 20 hours where you're slowly building up to that and if they can figure out okay that's the sweet spot let's lop that first half off and figure out how yeah. to capitalize on that i think there's definitely a future there for day- the days are not gone for mm-hmm. days gone i would say it's also like a fear the walking dead gta type thing where you pick up the needle you drop it somewhere else on the map and you see how that how th- that environment works there yeah so yeah and uh hope we'll, to see more yeah yeah we'll see how obviously there's going to be dlc and everything for it and we'll continue to report on days gone as it mm-hmm. happens i uh, going to take a quick break and throw to an interview lucy and i did with the developers of dreams and how it's going for the first few weeks in early access let's go to that i'm joined this week with lucy o'brien returning as always when she's not super busy hello thank you and from the team from media molecule behind dreams we have abby happy Hi. And John Beach. Hello. Again, I said this before the show, but I grew up at a beach, so that's very helpful to remember, but you said it's two E's. Two E's. So. Beach like the tree, not the sea. Okay. That is much more <laughs> helpful to remember. Yes, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about trees, I assume, during the show. Uh, but of course, we're here to talk about the fact that Dreams is finally out in early access. Uh, it's been out for a few weeks Woo! now. Yeah. People have gotten their hands on it. Uh, I have. I was luckily in the bid as well, so I saw some creations back then and have oh. been playing stuff in early access as well. Uh, and... I, I was playing a bit last night to refresh my memory of some of my favorite things, and it's so. I have this moment every time I jump into a new game where I go, 
holy crap, this is astounding. That like knowing that there's some fan out there of this game who made everything in here or who collaborated with other fans to make these things. It is incredible sometimes what people are putting together. And I wanted to get a general sense of how you and the rest of the team are feeling from what you've seen from early access so far. Just like a general, how does it feel now to have this game out there in the wild like that? Oh, it's so exciting. I mean, we have a TV set up in the middle of the office, so we're just always like showing and sharing and playing what people are publishing. And um, like when John and I travel, there's the Maiden Dreams uh, hashtag on Twitter, and we're just constantly scanning it and looking what people are publishing. It's just some of it's just so like beautiful or cool or interesting. Like it's it's amazing. People are so creative. It's been like it's been you know in development a while because I remember chatting to Siobhan Reddy. Uh, back in Sydney and she was explaining dreams from a conceptual level <laughs> and like you know and, I, and and at the time there was you know the, all the media surrounding dreams was like but what is it and, and and I remember her being you know sort of standing there in front of this audience and just saying look it can it can be so many things it doesn't it's not necessarily just a game creation tool it can be you know musicians will love this like artists will love this like have you have you seen it being used in these unusual ways outside of just games creation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like so many things. Um, someone just recently used it to f- do their last uh, submission for their coursework for university. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's so good, you oh, know. Wow. And I used it to make my wedding venue before I got married. So, like, my now wife could see, you know, what the decorations <laughs> are like. Applications outside of dreams for me is actually where I'm most excited. Outside of games, sorry, outside where, of games, where's yeah. where I'm most excited about. Yeah, John and I have done well. So um, our uh, our audio team uh, and with John's help have done some like live performances. Um, there was a larger team from MM that worked on one for E3 last year, and then there was a, a different one that we did for GDC this year, which is like actual live, um, you know, playing music and animation like VJ set alongside it. And John and I have been doing a whole bunch of demos that are basically like games as performance, like doing live creation with an audience taking audience input and creating alongside the community and like that stuff is just so fun like I'd love to see more people doing those kinds of things I think it will come too like it's you know obviously like people start in games because that's what they know and dreams is a game but um yeah we're already starting to see people do really interesting stuff make their own museums make their own it's so cool Yeah, I've come across a couple that are just, you know, sort of here's a cinematic exploration of how I can make a world. And it it varies from, you know, these beautiful dreamscapes, these things that are very colorful and bright and whimsical. But then someone there was a particular design that was so realistic. It was, I think, called Metro. And it was essentially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Disarmed. Yes. And, And it was just here is how incredibly accurate you can make something within dreams. And I think just seeing that scope. I presume is going to ignite the imaginations of yeah. some. Mm. Of the well, you have people who are going to push the sort of visual fidelity of it. You have people that are going to like push on all the different areas to see what's possible and see what you can do. Like there was a user during the beta that made it an entire level with just the text gadget. <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> Um, I, I like. I love that. Like, I, I love that. It, like, it inspires like sort of different areas. I mean, we do that in games too, right? There's games that push visual fidelity. There's games that you know try out inter- interesting new mechanics and stuff like that. Like, it's cool to see that reflected in a games community. And I think one of the most interesting things for me is all the tools that you, as you were mentioning, put in. I started messing around with the tutorials when the early access or the beta was out. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, there's a lot here. I'm going <laughs> to take my time getting into it because I also, I get into any creation suite and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm dumb now. Well, I don't you, know how to make you just want to, you want to be like a genius right away. Yeah. Like you just you're like, oh, I know what, I'm going to make a like giant theme park and it's going to be functional. And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to start with like a, like a seesaw. 
you know. That's why I've never learned guitar because I'm always like, why aren't I playing? Yeah, why can't I be the rock star? Right yeah, off the bat. yeah. yeah. Why isn't it rock band immediately for me? On why? But I, I'm curious how you've seen people gravitating toward you know playing the game, uh, playing all the games and the features that are available for people to just experience versus creation itself. I, I know that like in the lead up to Dreams launch and Early Access, there was discussion, you know, people, the game wants to encourage people to have whatever sort of personality they want within the game. How have you, how have you seen that sort of split? That's, that's, uh, yeah, so loads and loads of people play stuff, like the creators play stuff to get inspired and learn from each other. So even if you're just create heavy, you still play a large amount. It's really exciting the way the community are learning from each other and people are actually becoming teachers now, making whole tutorials inside of dreams you you go in to play it and it teaches you how to do this certain you know aspect that they've made it's amazing oh my yeah. god that's crazy yeah and i mean john and i have really different pathways into dreams because like mm -hmm. john comes from a creation background like john came from the little big planet community to media molecule and like he's total like create genius um but i never used a 3d creation anything before and you know so dreams for me was very like i started from nothing and I can sit like on a weekend and like lose like eight hours just making, you know, just like building things and making stuff. And, you know, I like really doing like architectural things and, you know, everybody has their sort of endpoint. But a lot of it has been like watching people at the studio because I was learning before the tutorials were in there. <laughs> Our tutorial team is really like really amazing. Shout out yeah. to them. Um, mm. But it's it. it I, I don't find it that intimidating or hard in a way where like I think that like the first time I saw Dreams and it's like what is this because I had the same you know Siobhan showed it to me years and years ago before I worked at Media Molecule and I was like this looks cool I don't you know it's like yeah. all the same questions that now I have to answer which it's, is much easier now that the game's out yeah it's like watching like a just an abstract scene from Twin Peaks you're like huh well yeah. then that you is, know yeah, that I, sure is a thing it, like I, seeing some of the earlier demos of it it was one of those things I think we have like multiple articles on IGN that go what is dreams or how does dreams yeah. work like, mm. trying there's probably no question that. that I don't ever want to answer again more than <laughs> what is dreams yeah, yeah. that's uh, what we, I mean like it was it was the media cycle that's what it was for yeah. so long and I'm yeah. just yeah. so pleased that people can actually see what it is now. yeah and just to know that like within weeks people are creating incredible things things on either large or smaller scales. There's mm -hmm. a couple uh, fans in the Beyond community, someone who he's just crafting weapons basically right now mm -hmm. and is making hugely detailed axes and lightsaber-like tools and everything. And it's the wealth of opportunity that you have in there is incredible. And uh, going back to the tutorial thing, I it was that initial hesitation for me of like, oh no, this is going to be too much. But I think yeah. the tutorial team does do a fantastic job of like slowly ingratiating you into every step of it. Yeah, they, they have a good, really good approach. And also like, because when I hear tutorial, I'm like, oh, yeah. Tutorial. That's terrible. And, <laughs> you know, but they're not. They're actually they're really fun and there's a good sense of humor to it. And it was really fun to see those develop because the first slate of tutorials that we had uh, when we were doing our alpha last year was like, it was a lot drier. It wasn't as engaging. And those got like totally scrapped and redone um, in a very short period of time, really, between uh, alpha and beta. Uh, and they're still working on on lots of new ones that get into all you know different areas because there's a lot, a lot yeah. there. Um, but it's really amazing to see like you know that new set and and how helpful and and interesting they would be. Like I don't have that same reaction to like oh god tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the presentation of not just the tutorials but the whole game for me really. I, I'm a sucker for anything that's like creativity can be whatever you want and imagine <laughs> like all that sort of stuff. So when the opening of the game is kind of like, here's what creation can be and it is life, it is shapes, it is, it's whatever you want it. And I think that introduction to the game gives you a sense of what dreams is without having to answer it in a bullet pointed question sort of yeah, format. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit like when you're trying to actually describe 
a dream you've had and you're like, and then this happened and then this happened, but this also happened. But everyone knows what a dream is, so to speak, you know, so it's yeah. like having that broad overview of like dreams is this, but yeah. like the things in it are like this and this and this and this and this, you know. Have you both got a favorite project? Yes, so far <laughs> that you could talk about. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I, it's hard. It's really hard to narrow it down to Obviously, one. Yes. I know what Abby. I know exactly which one Abby's. Yeah. Yeah. Although I look at there's the two because like there's the first thing that I saw and it happened in beta where it was one of the first things I saw where I was just like, yes, I am here for this, <laughs> which was totally normal horse, which is like oh, yeah, literally just because like, we it was kind of a. Um, our joke, like when we announced beta, we called our stream like totally normal stream, so people were obviously were going to know it was the beta like announced <laughs> stream. And uh, but we don't have like we have a biped in the game, and we've talked about you know at some point adding like a quadruped one to help people make you know quadrupeds, but it doesn't exist in um, uh, beta early access. And so somebody made a horse. Uh, but when uh, you hit the X-ray button, there's like two of the bipeds inside. <laughs> like on each- it's so funny. Oh, amazing. and like but and it's so silly. And like you'll never make anything else. I mean, that's not true maybe somebody will but like it doesn't need anything else to it it's just like a quick hit of comedy that's yeah. super yeah. funny and hilarious and then my my like favorite and I follow it and I like check for updates on it is um, this one called House of uh, Beavis and it's a really amazing creator who does these incredible sculptures and just has such a like a vision that is like uniquely his and he's made a whole museum but there's this whole narrative thread that runs through it and it's so bizarre and it's so cool and it just like I it it it's it's something that I just don't know where else you would experience it if there wasn't dreams. Like I don't because uh-huh. you can walk through it and you're and you're interacting with it and taking it in and I just don't know like if dreams didn't exist like where would I see that? How would I experience something like that? And that's the stuff that really makes dreams for me of like where else would this exist if it didn't exist here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really does like dreams is the place to go for for these kind of weird slightly avant-garde things that like you wouldn't have the time to invest to do it elsewhere but in dreams you can just do it and go ah cool I did that thing you put it out to the community and you experience it and you're like that was cool and you go on to the next thing so it's really interesting to see that sort of mid-tier of unusual creations popping up to the surface. What about for you John? What Um, Anything specific? Yeah there was one that came out just recently called Laughs with Giraffes which was basically (laughs) a sort of educational uh, children's television program (laughs) with two puppets that look a bit like giraffes. And they're just like almost like like a puppets. bit like giraffes. Yeah, a okay. bit. Uh-huh. A a bit. bit. Yeah. yeah okay. Imagine there's a giraffe crossed with like a chicken and a giraffe crossed with a cow. It kind of looks like that. And <clears throat> they come in and they've got really strong Scottish accents. The person so you know it's going to be fun. Yeah, he's <laughs> just recorded himself and he's hilarious. And I'm going to insult all the Scottish people when I try and do a Scottish accent. Okay. But they're all coming in and they're like, oh, look at that cube, you know, and they like start talking. And then they argue with each other because, you know, they're, they're Scottish. Yeah. You know? Lucy back at our office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucy's like, glaring at you <laughs> over the ocean. <laughs> But it's amazing and the comedy timing on it is brilliant and I really hope they make like a whole series of it and it's just cool to see a TV program made in dreams, you know? It's yeah. So wild. And someone just made all the characters from Tearaway, Diamond Dancy's oh, wow. Tearaway characters, and they're perfect. That's amazing. And, like, as a, you know, like, as game creators, like, for people on our team that worked on Tearaway to see that, like, come back in dreams, and, like, it's, it's really Hit exciting. me in the feet. Oh, <laughs> God, yeah. I would, I would be crying, for sure. Tearaway being, I, I genuinely, I played that game so quickly when it came out on Vita. I think I devoured it in like a day when I bought it. And it was just one of those, like, it's such an emotional experience. And obviously, Media Molecules past, you can see the fruits of that in dreams. And I'm curious, 
with the clearly close relationship you have with all of the people who are making everything in dreams, um, have you, has the team started to, you know, respond to seeing people, you know, make maybe a certain type of product within dreams or use specific types of tools? Like has the team started to be like, Oh, we should start reshaping stuff in here because of that. Mm, That's a good question. So when we had the beta, we had a feedback forum and, and people were giving us their feedback, you know, bugs and what they felt the game was missing. And the same continues into early access. And we're doing our best to respond to them. Some things will come later, you know, because we look at it and we say, well, this person wants this very specific feature. It's very cool. I, I totally agree with it, but it only helps 1% of the community, whereas loads of people are crying out for, say, the no motion control control scheme, which we're working on, you know. So that is a big priority for us for sort of accessibility. So that's something we're working on and responding thanks to what the community has fed back to us. I, I, I know very little about um, this kind of intense development on a on a creation tool i'm just like i don't even know where <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're not well versed i'm not well versed in, <laughs> in <laughs> such things why not um but you know throughout development were there times where you would implement something and it would just tip the balance of the whole game and suddenly everything was broken and you'd just be like this is just a small little thing that should be fine and not a big deal and then it was just like Phew. I kind of feel that's that's the entire development of dreams right basically. <laughs> <laughs> because uh when we first thought about doing it all those years ago and it poses so many questions like you know we want to give 3d game creation to the Mm. world and stuff but how can we optimize it so they don't have to use polygons because we don't want to have to teach uv mapping and stuff so we had to throw the book out the window and every time we answered another question which was like okay we've solved this problem it just led on to like 10 more questions and then we'd solve those and it lead on to 10 more so the game was just like this (laughs) the entire time you know it was yes it was it's been a tough journey you know but worth it it's just yeah yeah you got there in the end we got there in the end yeah yeah um one question i have for you abby especially is like I use, you must be so tapped into how gifable this game is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the thing yeah, that excites yeah, me. It's, it's, uh, yeah. You know, like, there's so, there's so much potential for, like, just this w- wild stuff on social media that oh, I'm yeah. already seeing. Like, some dude made Days Gone and <laughs> Dreams. Yeah, it was, I've, like, I've seen, like, the opening of Spider-Man from yeah. Yeah. and Dreams. But yeah, it was I just think. like, it's just like, oh, I threw the, this together in 30 seconds and it's just this, like, <laughs> 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 I love it. Like, okay, uh, did you see the movie, like, Be Kind, Rewind? Yeah. And uh, they yeah. have, like, the sweeted version of all of the films. <laughs> like, there is a part of Dreams that, like, very much you get, like, like I love those versions of things. Like, I thought that was such a fun movie and that, that there's, there's a bit of that that, like, I just so enjoy taking in where it's like, here's my fan version of of this. It's awesome. There's a Kokiri Village, uh, like Legend of Zelda sort of remake that was in there from the beta. And we, I was, a bunch of us were referring to the main character as like Lark because it's like, it's (laughs) Zelda-like, but it's one of those, it's, it's almost there, but it's so crazy that they were able to get so much of that world together too. Yeah. And it's tough because like we don't actively encourage people to use copyrighted material, yeah. you know, like we really want people to be original. And you know, and yet you understand that a lot of people learn by copying something that they know and they understand and you know, and hopefully that moves them into making stuff that's theirs and and original, but like I get where that desire yeah. comes from. Yeah. Um, you know, and but for us it's like we don't actively encourage it because it's like of yeah, course. I mean, 
we want people to respect yeah things the, now when people make tearaway we are like super yes legally there's a little bit more control there yeah. But yeah. and uh, yeah we totally you know we had talked about it when it came out of the beta and everything obviously someone recreating the pt hallway is incredible and it, it the level of detail in there and the work in there and i know they're continuing to update that specific one yeah. but then i that one was so good. It's so crazy detailed. Yeah, it's and the way they you can find workarounds for how things were in that original demo, and mm. it's like we can't have the exact person there, but we'll figure out ways. Um, yeah, and then there's people working on like their own like original horror games. Yeah, like there's some that like like inspired by like Lovecraft or um, there's another one. I think was it Acrodemon was working on. There was like a horror oh, yeah, that's yeah, super that's creepy. Really creepy. Like yeah, I mean like some of the genre stuff that's going on is like really exciting. There was I forget if. It was called like House of Terror or something like that. But basically, you walk around in each room. There's like a different sort of horror experience. So yeah. there it's for like, that. You like walk haunted around. house stuff in dreams. I I'm love super it. into. Yeah. I, I started making one myself. Like back when we oh. were when we were. It's not on any of these <laughs> server because it's not on the uh, our previous Private. servers yeah, that we yeah. used. But like that stuff is super fun. That gets to that experiential side of it. Where yeah. It's like I don't know where else I would do this. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a traditional like point A to point B video game. Yeah. It's a thing that you go through. Because to me, horror is quite an accessible genre for for a newcomer to this kind of creation. Like totally. for me, like it's it's quite a contained genre. Like you can just have it in one small. I think that again, that's why PT was a great proof of concept because it's just a looping area. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like that would have inspired a lot of people to yeah fool around with their own ideas in those contained um, spaces. Are you finding that people are leaning towards certain genres when it comes to their games? Not at all, actually. I mean, <laughs> what's amazing is when you hit the dream surf button, the auto surf, which mm. is where it just it will just play you lots and lots in a row, and you have no idea what you're going to get from. Like we did it the other day, and it it said, um, "I like trains," and you click on it, and there's this puppet there. It just goes, "I like trains," and the train runs them over, and that's it, and it ends after like two seconds, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," oh, and then yeah. You, mm-hmm. you go on next, and it's like a space fighter and then you're a football game and you're just like ah, just so no one seems to have gravitated towards a specific genre at all in fact like the scattershot of genres is amazing and i'm sure there's some genres out there already that people have started inventing that we don't know exist yeah yet, which i think is so like, yeah and like every genre it's crazy i mean but when you think about it it's like cool we're all games fans there's you know how many different kinds of games i've friends that play games i've never touched so you know of course like it makes sense. Like they're all, you know, they're using, they're copying like the same behaviors in many ways that like, you know, not just like as gamers that we do, but also as developers. And we started seeing people make like teaser trailers for things and <laughs> put disclaimers yeah. on this. Like this is unfinished and like here's the version notes. And, and like <laughs> it's just been, you know, like it's that's that stuff's really cool too. Like seeing people sort of, you know, do what we do. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. On that sort of from you know jumping around different genres and everything I went to going back to like the there's no quadruped in the game but I saw someone made they're like this is about my dog Binky yeah oh that one's really cute and and it's just like an adorable platformer and I like looked out at a vista and just this like soothing soundtrack is playing and you could just make the dog bark whenever you want and it's just one of those things where it's like there's no challenge to it really it's just simple and light and fun it's like oh I can just go through this and have fun soothing and you know the opposite of the horror room that someone's made (laughs) that's the next one that you'll hop into oh yeah yeah, of course the terror one will come after Um, but I did want to go back a little bit to just the idea of you know people making animations and music videos or sound in that have you seen a lot of those start yet or do you feel like that's starting to slowly blow up because that feels like to me there's probably a lot more that can go into that they're really really going for actually the people have been taking the puppet that we have and mm-hmm. really 
going to town on the keyframe animations and making like someone made this whole like tai chi kung fu kind of animation fight sequence and it was absolutely incredible i just can't believe people from our point of view we're like oh you know they'll get there but like week one you know full-on animations and you're like oh yeah (laughs) and it's just going to get better and it's interesting because you see people start to specialize and to begin with they think you know, they do the tutorials and they're like, oh, I've got to learn everything. I've got to learn a bit of sculpting and music. And some people do that. Some people are generalists. And then other people, they have this sort of epiphany where they realize they can work with everyone else on the Dreamiverse. And they realize it's the world's biggest digital content team, you know, and they can all get together and start sharing stuff. And like that Spider-Man opening one you mentioned, he did the animation. That's like the bit that mm-hmm. person focused on. But then he got the community to help him you know pull lots of our stuff in so like the the collaboration is one of the things that i'm really excited about to see how they all work together yeah is that something in terms of uh, are you obviously looking ahead to as early access continues on are you looking to integrating more th- tools to allow that community to work together because obviously it seems like there's a, a very solid base i think and you can see in examples like that but are you, are you looking into you know more ways to allow that collaboration to continue and grow yeah, I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, we still have some uh, additions and stuff to the Dreamiverse that we'd like to, uh, into systems and stuff that we'd like to improve. And part of that is growing stuff along, you know, the community and what they need and, yeah. and what they ask for. So, yeah, we're, we're really open to lots of that stuff um, because it's really, it's kind of amazing to go from, like, working alone in dreams <laughs> to, like, all of a sudden, you know, like, community uses it in a different way than we use it when we yeah. create content and we do kind of thing. You know, like, we're we're so used to collaborating with each other um, and, uh, you know, having, now that we're, like, live and there's, like, <laughs> tons of people doing it, obviously their needs are a bit different than ours and, and what they do. So, yeah, of course. What's what is- your grand vision, you know, because obviously we've seen what the community could do in Little Big Planet and Little Big Planet 2. Um, what are you sort of changing up what it, what would you ideally love to see dreams look like in like a couple of years it's tuesday morning just go <laughs> oh, goodness no pressure <laughs> i mean the thing is <clears throat> dreams is so it, a bit like when sean was trying to explain it to you right and she was saying how dreams can be anything mm-hmm. it's so hard for me to predict what dreams could be in two years because i think the possibilities are completely unlimited. You know, right. it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. I mean, I have a lot of things that I would love to see. You know, I want, I'd love to see a team get together and work on a thing and make a piece of content that they spent six months on. You know, and it's like up there in terms of quality. You know, things like that get me really excited. People using it for, like I mentioned before, outside of dreams. You know, someone, an architect designing a building in it, uh, a musician making a whole set based on it. You know, stuff like that. So in terms of like the overarching view of dreams, I, can't, I just it's too big for me to <laughs> picture or try and explain. You know, it's, it's all encompassing and I, yeah. can, I can pick out things that I would love to see in like a year's time. But as I, for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, it, like, yeah, like John said, it's tough because you think, you know, like we see a lot of applications in education, in theater, in prototyping, you know, like there's there's a ton of different ways that it can go. Architecture, fashion, I don't know. Um, but I think also I'd love to see like a new generation of, of creators who are going to get into game, like into the game space, into the industry, you know, who will be able to use it as a portfolio and sort of make their, if, if that's what they're interested in, because like I don't downplay the idea of games as a hobby as well and, and game creation is a hobby. Not everybody wants to do their hobby as a career, you know, um, 
and sometimes why we keep them hobbies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'd love for some people to, you know, just like a little big planet did that for a lot of people. And it would be great to see dreams do that as well, because it's like a real way of actually making someone's dreams come true. And yeah, and I think what John's talking about with like performance and things that maybe we haven't even really considered yet as, as options, like that would all be amazing. I, I mean, just off the top of my head, like, you mentioned prototyping. Like, that blows my mind. I, I, yeah, I'm, i like, dating someone in advertising, and I'm just like, the th- what you can do to just to present a proof of concept through dreams is incredible. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, did, I never sort of thought of how you could apply it simply in, in, in separate professions. Yeah, immediately, like, my mind goes to, like, I can't wait till someone makes a 13-episode animated series and, like, tries to submit it to the Emmys via, like, dreams. And, like, right. There's my portfolio of that. But, yeah, that... Outside of it reminds me a little bit, I think, of like when we first were all getting a look at what VR could do in that sense of, oh, there are so many applications beyond games as exciting as the game opportunities are. And I think we're starting to see like the small seeds of those be planted by a lot of people in the community. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I I, it's like the idea of like games versus interactive entertainment. And, you know, and I think Dreams does a really good job of of. Reminding us why we use that phrase sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, because there are people that are making visual novels and, and narratives and stuff that, you know, like we were talking about earlier that has not that I, I guess is game. I mean, you know, like it's a it's a yeah. kind of but not yeah. really. It, it's such a like we I think we deal with this a lot here of like the terminology of everything, because like a phrase like interactive entertainment is hard to get across. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. yeah, but it's sometimes like games and where that word comes from and the yeah. history of it and other games is so maybe limiting sometimes. Well, yeah, people, people yeah. have a. Like, you know, certain people have a very strong idea of what a game is. Yes. Right. And so therefore, um, when we are praising things that are less uh, bombastic, that are, you know, a walking simulator, for example, (laughs) you know, people get a bit bristly about that because it's like, it's not a game, but it is. It's it's, it's interactive. It's a game. Like, you are solving puzzles. You are walking through spaces. Like, you are controlling a character or a thing. It's a game. And, yeah, I, I think... Dreams is going to be quite exciting and hopefully broadening people's ideas of what a game can be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, and, and bringing in some of that broader audience, because there's lots of people who have ideas and concepts and, and cool things to add and give. And like, you know, much like a, you know, like, just like a game studio, like mm-hmm. it needs animators and artists and and people with all different sorts of visions and musicians. And, you know, I th- like that, that doesn't, it doesn't just limit you to just to just games. There's really cool opportunities for people who who want to do things that aren't or don't feel like that's the label that fits the kind of thing that they're making, and and not in a way that like, like I love games. Games are awesome. We hope that people continue to make incredible games and dreams. Um, but just that there's there's another space in there for people who are interested in doing something that's different. Yeah, there's so much room in dreams that you always find like a niche for you to do and invent a niche for yourself, and the accessibility of it allows people to do that i mean i've already started to see people who are like i had no idea i could do 3d modeling at all look at this awesome scene that i've made in dreams i suddenly feel like you know i i I didn't realize i had this potential and i feel we're going to see a lot more of that and a lot more different experiences coming out of dreams that you just won't see anywhere else i strongly believe that yeah yeah it's so incredible all the work that's been done in just these few weeks that fans have had the game and and I think that's the most exciting part to me is that like 
the ingenuity and the creativity that's on display in several days worth of creating is already there and already so apparent. I can't wait to see where it continues to go from here. Uh, John, Abby, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're thank so you. welcome. Really appreciate Thanks for having it. us. Uh, of course. Uh, we'll probably be talking a lot more about dreams in the future as we find more crazy creations out there from especially the Beyond community. <laughs> Can we send you guys out bad creations? Yes, please. Oh, my uh, God. DMs. We would love please that. Okay, cool. We've talked about, yeah, like yeah. we both believe we will not be able to make good things because that's, yeah, just, wait, how, that's just how our brains okay, are. Okay, I will but. leave you with this one. <laughs> I know because I like I because yeah. we get that a lot and yeah. we have a lot of people who are like I don't know what I can give to this like I don't know I'm not creative I don't know what I'm going to do and like I feel that because that was sort of you know part of my journey into dreams mm-hmm. but like and I've used this analogy before but like if you take clay and you give it to a really good sculptor or you give it to me um, yeah they're going to make something that like <laughs> is artistic or maybe belongs in a museum or is super but like it doesn't mean that I can't make something that's like silly or funny or cool or creative or clever or, or and enjoy ridiculous. doing it and enjoy so. doing it yeah. and also enjoy the, the process of doing it I find it very relaxing to create in dreams um, so I think like you kind of have to get away from thinking like oh I need to make like the best <laughs> thing and just enjoy the fact that like you can make stuff that's just like silly and, and easy and, and cheap and funny and or you know and I can't wait to see it or whatever so (laughs) definitely share them oh we will yeah Yeah, I I love that mentality for this and I do feel like that is so exemplified in the way that dreams is presented in game and just by the team in general so again thank you both so much for joining us thank you throw it back to me for the rest of the episode Thank you so much, Jonathan, again, for that excellent interview. You're so good at what you do. Um, Before you continue talking, Jonathan, about other things, current Jonathan, you have some things to talk about with this panel. Uh, I want to continue going. A bit of a long news crunch, but worth it. There's a lot going on. Um, Wanted to briefly mention, obviously, we saw the first gameplay at Borderlands 3. Uh, That game got its big reveal. Uh, It does not have pay-to-win microtransactions. There was some kerfuffle about this. It has cosmetic microtransactions as it had, as it has had in the past, and we're expecting DLC for the game, so presumably yep. you'll have to pay for that. Um, but we saw the big reveal of it. They've added, obviously, new vault hunters. It's new worlds. You're on a spaceship that's kind of act as your hub. Uh, there is now, you can vault over things and not just hide behind cover. You can actually jump over it and everything. Um, I, I know we've talked a little bit about Borderlands in the past. Did the gameplay move the needle for any of you guys? Are you excited more so for yeah. Borderlands? Are you whatever on it? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I put maybe 250 hours into Borderlands 2. Good God. Um, I... I <laughs> Played through you know every character class in that game through oh my God, completion. Man, man. Um, I did not know this about you. That was a great uh, co-op game at the time for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would play with my brothers, uh, and we would just you know do that all the time. And that was like our chat game at the time. Like we didn't really pay much attention to what was going on I story-wise, mean, it was, but it's just such a fun. It was Destiny before Destiny. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's that's entirely my experience with people who play Borderlands. Either they're that, and they've played put 250 hours into it, and they've played it to completion backwards and forwards or they didn't and they sort of <laughs> maybe checked it out and they were like yeah. it's all right or whatever i mean I, I, I probably put 10 hours into that game and i was like i'm, I'm yeah i'm good yeah. and i, 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 I totally I get that you. i got a little bit um we did a feature recently that i was helping with a bit and so i was playing through the beginning of borderlands 2 again and got just quite a bit of you know fatigue with that first section of the game because it's a little slower and claptrap will not shut up for the entire time um, that's a whole other thing, but uh, yeah, like when I was playing it, I I really love that game. And Borderlands Three sure does look like another Borderlands. Yeah. So it, for better it, for worse. It definitely looks like they are not fundamentally changing things in any right. way. Right? Why like would they? You, yeah. No, I mean, Seriously, it makes sense. Like, it, I, that, there's part. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm just saying. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're coming to this expecting, oh, it's a, now going to be a Destiny looter shooter with an open world of you know 
dozens of people running around you. No, yeah. it's going to be the looter shooter that is four players max. Yeah. Is yeah. yeah. And there, there's something comforting about that with all the crazy service games that you've got to keep up with and games of service and living games that always change. Like, just give me a really fun, like, co-op shooter that I can play with people. Totally. There's this, down, there's, down for that. There's this, like, stupid, selfish part of me where I'm like, well, what's Borderlands 3 going to do for me? Someone who never <laughs> liked Borderlands. It's a and great it's like, droopy dog impression. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. what about, I don't know, like, maybe McDonald's is going to make more hamburgers because that's what people like at McDonald's. Not not to keep harping on the McDonald's. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Burger McDonald's. King. Yeah, definitely not. No. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Neither I of those companies have sponsored. I don't think we've ever been sponsored by a fast food company here. But shout out to McDonald's if you want to sponsor us. I loved your yeah. toys. Shout out kid. to bruschetta, by the way. Mm. That's a great. It's like the red, but bruschetta? it's like crunchy but soft okay. in the middle. Bruschetta. And then you put you put tomatoes. Is, is it bruschetta or bruschetta? I've always I called bruschetta. it bruschetta, yeah. and I'm an Italian man, yeah. so I, I I defer to you. Yes. Right. Uh, no, I miss I miss Whataburger. That's what I'll say. I came Ooh. from Texas. I had it for the first time it's, last year. I, wanted, I, wanted, really I, I did too. It was like a good burger that somebody sat on. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's very it's completely there's accurate. There's enough uh, about Borderlands. <laughs> what about Sorry. Borderlands? That's actually we're gonna get. I'm gonna get more crap for for saying Whataburger looks like a flat burger than <laughs> we will for anything else we say on the show this week. Most I'm sorry. I thought it was really good. But I feel like my you, family. If if the best thing at your restaurant isn't your burgers, you shouldn't call Whataburger. We'll talk later. Okay. I'll see. I'll see you in the street. Uh, I'll bring my bruschetta. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Borderlands Three is more Borderlands. Yeah, yes, yeah. it seems how that's it fine. Yeah, I yeah. think seeing it for the first time, I was like, oh, I'm, I actually am down to play more Borderlands. I, sure. I didn't put 250 hours in, but like I've played both of the main games like all the way through, yeah. dabbled in them with additional classes, and yeah, it looks like more of that, which yeah. I'm mm-hmm. fine looks, with. It looks pretty. Yeah, yeah, I for thought sure. That, I mean, we forget <clears> that Borderlands Two was a was a game from last gen. You know, like that was. Yeah, and so I mean, wasn't. Pre-sequel was too, or did that come out? Pre-sequel is last gen as well. I, yeah. I think it got yeah, it got brought eventually. They had yeah. some collection, it's, but it's a, yeah, it's a game with an art style that's always uh, aged well because of the cell shaded look. But looking mm-hmm. at this game, it's like okay, wow, you guys like went all in on much more detail here, and it yeah. shows. Yeah, like I, there's definitely a like vagueness to the mm-hmm. environments in the first Borderlands, especially, yep. and like a lack of variety to them. And clearly, with the shot of the new world that they showed in the gameplay trailer, like they're clearly going for very different environments, yeah, for sure, time, which I think adds a lot to the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for more. Obviously, that comes out in September. That's weirdly like one of the later games that we know of this fall as the fall slowly comes together. Yeah. Uh, possibly a game that will come out this fall or possibly not a game at all and just more DLC. Um, this will be a little bit outdated, so I don't want to spend too long uh, starting Thursday. But Ubisoft is teasing a new Ghost Recon announcement. Um, they just added a big piece of DLC to Ghost Recon Wildlands that included um, John Bernthal, the Punisher, as a like new character in this DLC of new missions, essentially. And they're teasing a press conference from Skelltech, which makes a bunch of drones and other technology in this universe, on oh. May 9th, so this Thursday. Like in-universe? They're, like in-universe. They, okay. They're teasing a press conference. They're not a real... like. No, they're not. Con- no, okay. it's, it's run by Jace Skell of Skelltech. All right. I had to research this for an IGN now. And so they're teasing a new announcement in the Ghost Recon universe this Thursday. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think it will be a new game? Do you think it will be like a big Wildlands update? Do you think it will be Wilderlands, the sequel? Like, do you think it will be something new? (laughs) What do you think they're going to show off for Ghost Recon going forward? I hope it's a big new game. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an expansion because that's one of those games that keeps growing. But it's been it's been long enough to to get a new game out there. Ubisoft's a weird one because like sometimes they're like, here's our new DLC. It's the size of like three other companies' video games. And other times they're like, we're taking three years off and rebooting the entire series. So uh, it could go either way, but it'd be cool to see something new. I mean, the Tom Clancy stuff is never like, it's never really grabbed me. And I've always sort of wanted it to. 
Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands was definitely the most appealing because I was like, oh, is this like third person co-op Far Cry with alpacas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I messed around with it again when it like first came out, and I was like, what? Like this is it's not there yet. I don't have friends who play this, and I kind of I kind of noped out. I think I checked out. They put the Predator in there too. Yeah, they just randomly were like, the Predator's here. <laughs> you gotta fight him. And I was like, I'll do this with strangers. Let's see what this is like. <laughs> that rules. He kicked our asses. I, did he? Uh, yeah, no, he definitely beat the shit out of us and took our spines. Um, but no, like I don't know, like that, it feels like they're definitely they're pushing, you know, they're pushing their sort of their flagship uh, military brand closer to stuff that actually interests me. Um, so I'm, you know, curious to see what this is. But I pretty much always say that about Ghost Recon, Tom Clancy type stuff. Yeah, I think um, they Wildlands was the biggest selling game of the month. It came out in uh, March 2017. It was one of the biggest selling games. It was like the top selling game until the second half of that year, but still ended up in the top 10 for that year. So like Wildlands was hugely successful. And again, they've been continuing to update it with DLC. Weirdly, that and For Honor came out like a month apart in 2017. Mm-hmm. And those are like two games that I've heard like Ubisoft wise, if you go back to, they are way more fully fleshed out. Like Ubisoft right. has a really good track record with that this generation yeah. of continuing to flesh out their games. I would. I feel like it's probably a little bit more than just like another piece of DLC because they've been releasing those pretty steadily. But um, obviously, we'll find out Thursday. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. they would tease like tease something like that on that scale. And it's just well, more DLC. They yeah. put Sam Fisher in Wildlands, and there's been no Splinter Cell announcements. That was whatsoever. that was that was that's a crime. Yeah, I'm still bummed out about that. That's an absolute crime. Maybe maybe this is actually just a Splinter Cell game. But they're I'd be, down, I'd be down for that. Don't get your hopes up, though. No. Yeah, probably not. I know. Um, Did you guys th- see they put lightsabers in For Honor on, on oh, really? May the 4th? Did great. they really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So cool. Are you serious? They, yeah. they called them beam swords. Oh, my. Yeah. And it, was could, like a, it was yeah. like a one-day event, and yeah. all, all the like weird Vikings in that game were just battling. They did that I mean, For Honor on uh, April Fool's. They just all the... like Giant rabbits. Yeah, right? yeah. they were yeah. all yeah. rabbits. Yeah. So this is what's ridiculous, and what I kind of hate about the fact that we're always sort of looking ahead and trying to keep track of the latest, hottest new stuff is that frequently really weird stuff happens in the old stuff and we don't we just we're just like we can't we don't have time for that now yeah. it's like maybe i don't know maybe wait till like the restaurant's been open for a couple weeks before you, you go back and try it again oh, it's Ma- like some mcdonald's are always open yeah <laughs> we need to go back to those mcdonald's that really have their things down and if they've, they've hired the smart teenagers not brought to you by mcdonald's no whataburger in stores right now <laughs> um, but you can yeah, I, I agree with you, Max, totally in the weird sense of, like, we were saying, like, I'm back in Odyssey right now. Odyssey just put out, I haven't gotten to it yet, but, like, the Fate of Atlantis DLC. Like, yep. this massive, totally different DLC pack that could arguably be its own Assassin's Creed spinoff, probably, like, they the got, first of three episodes. They got some they got some Oracalcum-sized balls over there calling that the Fate of Atlantis. That is an Indiana Jones game. <laughs> that is a classic LucasArts <laughs> adventure game, and that is... They have the, the mind share of that. I mean, they called it Assassin's Creed Odyssey a couple of weeks after Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. so they don't care. They're doing that. Assassin's Creed and the Crystal Skull next, which I think is incredibly bold. Ghost Recon Origins. It's not going to work. There's no refrigerators in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Mario plus Rabbids Odyssey. I hope That's it's Ghost serious. Recon plus Rabbids. Ooh. I, I would play the crap out uh, of that. Right? Yeah. That'd be, I, mean, like, I love uh, Mario plus Rabbids, so I'd play like a... Like a stealthy that, rabbit so that, game. That's the thing. Is, man, that's a, a, that's a lot of stupid idea. things come out of my mouth, and then occasionally they actually show up in Ubisoft games. So, yeah. like, maybe, maybe just, you know. Just keep saying. I wouldn't be totally sticks. shocked. Yeah. While um, we're here, I, I do, I want more, like, sort of, like, family-friendly, wackadoo open-world games, like the Simpsons Hit and Run and stuff like that. I was like, just playing Hit and Run recently. Yeah. Were you really? It's, yeah, I, I hooked up a GameCube finally in my oh, apartment. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that game so much. Yeah, it was so um, like we got Lego City Undercover, which is like a it's a good time, but like I, I don't know, I'm, I'm playing Saints Row right now. 
Uh, family friendly. Yeah, family friendly game. Definitely not. Um, there are dildos in that game. <laughs> it explains words that I heard yelled across the office the other day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, I would I would love to see like an open world rabbits game. Like that would be a blast where it's just crazy and there's whoopee cushions that kill you. So I was thinking about this. Like Ubisoft has like the they have the formula down for making really fun sandbox games, mm-hmm. and they haven't done one that's rated below a T. And usually they're M. Like yeah. we see Far Cry yeah. games, we see Assassin's Creed games, we see like you know Division. They, oh, you know the whole like outpost watchtower type approach to things. The closest thing we got was uh, was what is it Star 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 Battlefront. Yeah, 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 which had you in a little ship, which yeah. somehow takes the fun out of that. But like. <laughs> It was a largely Ubisoft model game. I mean, we'll see eventually. Obviously, the movies just got delayed a little bit, but we'll see what the Avatar game is rated. Mm-hmm. Like, that's obviously going to be a mass appeal, I would assume, thing. Uh, not at least M. Like, I'd assume that's T. Oh, yeah. I hope that's AO, because they're going to do ponytail yeah. stuff in that old tree. That's, that's your main skill point tree. I see you. Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about how the Avatar movie got delayed, and now Ubisoft's Avatar game is either going to be a year early to be like, here it is, Avatar's return after 12 years. Or, or they spend a year working on it. Or, yeah, they get yeah. another year to work on it. Yeah. They just um, give the entire plot of the movie and the game a year early. No, I mean, like, <laughs> so everyone keeps, like, I'm sorry, we just got all this news about Avatar delay stuff. I'm going to derail this. We actually had this when there was, like, no news for a few months. We had like a placeholder avatar yeah. segment in here. Yep. Uh, so what is it? Um, God, what are they called? The massive. Massive. Yes, yes. massive yeah. is is totally division. working on the division avatar type thing. Yeah. Um, they everyone's kind of like avatar game. Who's going to play that avatar movies? Who's going to see that? Uh, and then Disney dropped their sort of their their roadmap for the avatar is going to be the alternating franchise with Star Wars movie releases. And I think that having a consistent, cohesive sort of uh, persistent universe in movies pairs really well with games as a service, as much as that sounds hmm. like a soulless corporate thing to say. I mean, if Disney had their own thing, they'd probably be doing what's happened with Fortnite and Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like right? Those crossovers, obviously, they're taking advantage of that, but Disney will. Yeah, they're have still this under their license. They're still yeah. figuring that out. But like Avatar is like, I mean, if they're like, oh, the movie comes out in a few months, here's a new, here's new hints. Like you saw that crazy new pterodactyl fish in the trailer. Get it now as your mount or whatever the hell this game is about. Yeah, and it's, it, I mean, it's got this. You know, when when sort of people are 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 less excited about whatever the brand is, you do like a little bump in in the in the in the game, and suddenly you're like you're building. You know, it's 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 a the thing that they've they've got going for them with Avatar is they built that ecosystem, which pairs really well with a, an online game. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's kind of a crazy it, thing. To it think feels about. like a very obvious play for synergy that like Jack Donaghy would have pitched for four seasons mm-hmm. on Thirty Rock. Like it just feels so perfect for what Disney can do now. It's I mean, also like if, if I was. To write a list of the 10 Disney franchises that they own right now that I would love to see them apply this exact same marketing frenzy of synergy to, Avatar would be dead last. <laughs> like, they're all, yes, they're alternating with Star Wars. They also have Marvel. I don't know, make an open world Lion King video game. I will take literally anything above like Jake and Neithri. Neithri. Yeah, yeah who Nevro. And I, yeah, I'm with you. A uh, side tangent on that. An Android. Um, EW had a cover story on the way they built the Lion King, and they've essentially explored that set in VR. Oh my god! Like that was how they explored the set in order to set up shots. Oh and it's like, god. oh, there's a Lion King VR game that exists. Yeah, the movie. I'm it's scary. the movie. Oh, put that out. Put that out on PSVR. Yeah, that, would, that would be so great. But I'm I'm kind of with Max in that. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Avatar. Like, <laughs> I love everything about Avatar except for the story. If that yeah, makes right? sense, it's um, got pterodactyls. They have they have sex with the horse. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got a mech. That's like I couldn't yeah. I couldn't tell you you know two or three big events that happened in that story, but I saw that movie in theater four times. 
just because it was so amazing looking. Right. And, you know, the soundtrack was beautiful and the sound was great. Like, I listened to the soundtrack every day while I was studying in college. Really? Yeah. Like, it's a great soundtrack. Yeah. I just um, don't, I don't see people latching onto those cats <laughs> and being like, they, I really they latch hey, on real hard. It made 2.7 billion. So I know, I know. We'll but see. it's like, it, it to me, it's like that, that movie was a ride that yeah. we all went on 11 that, years but ago. If they, That's if a great way of explaining out, it. Yeah. If they can figure out a way to make you care about that ride. Yeah. And they're pretty much set. Um, yeah. Well, obviously, we'll presumably be talking about Avatar a lot in the years to come. We keep saying that. They yeah. keep yeah. delaying it. But they keep delaying it. We'll see what happens. Max um, owes me a shrimp dinner, by the way. We made a bet that that movie would yeah. come out this year. And I tweeted about it. And the official Avatar Twitter was like, it's not coming out this year. And we found out it's coming out next year. I knew that, too. Year. That's the problem with doing a live show is you say the wrong <laughs> thing sometimes. Now we have a computer. Yeah, it's not my problem. I get a shrimp dinner out of it. I bet you a shrimp dinner because James Cameron is Spanish for James Shrimp. The Camarones. And somebody else was like, Avatar's not coming out next year. And also that you spelled shrimp in Spanish <laughs> wrong. What is happening? I don't know. Moving on to two last <laughs> items in this very extended news crunch, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I want to mention got revealed earlier today, um, the day this episode is going live. There's a new John Wick game uh, called John Wick Hex, revealed by Lionsgate and Good Shepherd Entertainment. I'm going to read the press release just because that's what I have and not a story in front of me. Uh, Publisher Good Shepherd Entertainment, in partnership with Lionsgate, announced John Wick Hex, the upcoming video game from game director Mike Biffle, who you may know from Volume and Thomas Was Alone, as well as his uh, smaller like adventure game Subsurface Circular. Uh, It's coming to consoles, Windows PC, and Mac exclusively via the Epic Game Store. Um, So I don't have specific consoles, but I'm going to assume it's coming to PS4. Uh, Created in close cooperation with the creative and stunt teams behind the films, John Wick Hex is a fight-choreographed chess brought to life as a video game, capturing the series' signature gunfu style while expanding its story universe. Players must choose every action and attack they make while considering their immediate cost and consequences. Every move in John Wick Hex feels like a scene from the movies, and every fight contributes to your progress on the job and requires precise strategic thinking. So there will be a main story mode featuring an original story created for the game. You can unlock new weapons, suit options, and locations. Each weapon also changes up your tactics, so it's essentially a tactics game. Um, Did you say story creator in the game? Sorry, no, story campaign. Oh, okay. Create say, that'd be cool. story. Um, no, yeah. So a that is not the way I would expect a John Wick game to go. No, I mean a, sure. Like, chess-based strategic game. I mean, you hear Mike Bithell, and you know the last thing I think is like fast-paced action because he he's done platformers and like um, like conversation story pieces. Almost like I don't want to be reductive, but kind of like a Telltale thing. Yeah, it's and conversation simulators, but yeah, to kind of it's frame, an awesome writer. Yeah, to kind of frame like fights like that. As you choose it beforehand, almost like a strategy game is, is what I got from that. That could be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like Bithel's like whole work, all of all of his games. I've enjoyed them, even if they're not like my favorites. I admire everything he's trying yeah. to do with them and tried to like branch out into different genres. So I'm I'm totally willing to give this a try. Also, he is a uh, he's a great follow on Twitter, just yes. because he's very open about the process of making games. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, just an interesting one to yeah. pop off. Pre- this is, yeah, that's really. Again, it, it kind of reminds me of when like we found out oh, Telltale's doing Walking Dead. I was like, ah, oh, The Walking Dead, a game with zombies. Oh, I'm going to talk to people. That's not the thing that appeals to me about that universe, but here we are. Then mm-hmm. There was a Game of the Year nominee. What do you know? We'll see yeah. what happens. I try to talk to zombies. It's just not very effective. Uh, I'm just happy to see like a big blockbuster video game tie into a movie. Like, yeah. Or a big blockbuster movie getting a video game tie in. Yeah, we don't really see that too much anymore, yeah. aside from Avatar. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless it's mobile. Uh, moving on to end this news crunch segment, very quickly want to mention because it will be quickly outdated uh, Thursday also as well. There's another, the second state of play is happening. Uh, Sony seemed to be setting expectations a bit more this time around. Yep. Uh, the initial blog post on the PlayStation blog says it's only going to be about 10 minutes uh, and it will be PS4 updates. So PlayStation's Worldwide Studios will be showing off an extended look at Medieval as well as a look at a new title. And we'll have other updates and announcements from upcoming PS4 games. One note, don't expect any updates related to our next generation plans. Yeah. And so, for the uninitiated, obviously, State of Play is yeah. Sony's sort of our PlayStation's answer to Nintendo Direct. It's a short, succinct, sweet video that they drop online that we all watch at the same time. And some of us get happy with and some of us get angry about. So, so I think that like curbing the expectations is a good thing. Yeah, I think setting the stage and seeing what it's going to be like, I think that will really help things go a long way. Obviously, it'll be cool to see more Medieval. Um, we really still don't know too much about the production of that game, so mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see. I presume that's coming out probably sometime this year. Uh, but the thing they mentioned, of course, is there's an unannounced title in there. Um, I still think this... Uh, I did want to ask what you all think it will be. Well, but I was going to say first, the timing of this thing, um, early May, leaves just enough time to pick it, put together another one. About a month after, True. in a little show called E3, maybe you guys have heard of it. I still think they're going to drop a they're going to drop a thing at E3. Episode three will return later in the year with more news and updates. Nice. That's all they say. Ooh. So we don't know when. Yeah, they they I think they said specifically, if I read this right, that it's a new game from Sony Worldwide Studios. So the the phrasing leaves it open, but it's essentially in the same sentence. PlayStation Worldwide Studios will be showing off Medieval as well as a first look at a new title. Okay, so that so, would yeah, it could be. Worldwide Studios, but it could also be a third-party thing. Yeah, but right. possibly based on a new or, or an existing IP. So I did want to ask what you all think this new title would be. You oh, had to man. guess, and I can vamp for some time because I did ask the Beyond Facebook group what they think it will be. Uh, Rich said, "I know. Um, I think something a little larger is in order to bring attention to State of Play. Maybe Horizon Two. I think it's way too early for that." Um, Nathan said, "Ratchet and Clank with." Which yes, God, I hope there's a new Ratchet and Clank. Just That's actually those, a really good. Those fiction. are just I love that mm. series. Um, moving on from that, Jason says uh, it won't be anything major. JK Knack three. Uh, Logan noted since Sinji Hashimoto retweeted it, I'm assuming it's a Square title. I don't think they'll give an FF seven update until the orchestra hover. Which uh, at E three there's a Final Fantasy seven symphony. So people are expecting something there. Mm. Uh, but we'll see. Sarah suggested maybe they announced like over the weekend, last weekend or the weekend before uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, like proper paid DLC. Hmm. Maybe they're showing that. We don't have a release date or any real info about that uh, beyond a title and everything. Um, That'd be so tricky to call that a new title. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those weird I'd ones. be like, technically, oh, you got me. Uh, again, neck three, neck in the saddle again. State of Emergency 2, the continuation of Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time. Um, that Sly Cooper feels just about right for the I, tail end of uh, an announcement that's 50% medieval. <laughs> I think if we're going for something like first party, if we're thinking along those lines, I think a Sly or a Ratchet makes a lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. it's something that plays to the base mm-hmm. that you don't have to, like, obviously they have these larger the marquee titles. Iconic, but. beloved PlayStation mascots who aren't currently owned by activision yes yeah exactly yeah no um, yeah it's not i someone suggested a new crash game uh, gabriel said that but i don't think it would be a new crash nah. game. given the first state of play closed off with a exclusive new marvel based video game in iron man vr uh i think that we will see a hulk video game you think they're going to do a Marvel game each time? Every time. Where, where is too? this going, Brian? I think that you will be able to play as the Hulk, and he will be able to be a scientist and do experiments, and then you can also get really big and break out of the laboratory and go wreck 
just a small street. Just a single street. Yeah, there's a small video game right now, and if, if players are really excited, they're going <laughs> to keep making the town bigger. The Incredible Hulk working from home, and you can wreck your entire apartment <laughs> yeah. complex, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Incredible DLC Hulk. It's called Incre- Incredible Hulk Neighborhood Nuisance. Uh, they'll patch a new street into the game every yeah. month for you to destroy. <laughs> um, who, who would develop that game? Who, um, who would you want to develop a Hulk game? Oh, this is a tangent. It's a really good one to do this. I think... Um, you guys have made prototype. I think Rovio. <laughs> No, Zynga, definitely Zynga. Rovio and, or Zynga. Yeah, and you have to buy Word, the Words house. with Hulks. Yeah, Mike yeah. Bethel. You have to pay real money for all the houses you break. Take the mic away from me. Anyway, yeah. do you guys have any... Uh, <laughs> are we thinking of Ratchet and Clank or I mean, uh, Sly? I looked. I, I don't know. Like that, It was kind of ambiguous, but when they said, I thought it might be a Worldwide Studios game, I looked at all the, the actual Worldwide Studios studios, and the only one that I don't think was accounted for is Polyphony. Have they announced a new Gran Turismo yet? No, not yet. They're still um, updating sport like pretty much okay. all the time. Yeah, that's that's a little bit outside my wheelhouse. Hey, hey look at ah, that. Um, that's what they the call a garage. <laughs> but yeah, I Polyphony was the only one I saw that was really unaccounted for. Like we know what Gorilla is probably doing. Um, I don't see them announcing Horizon Two at the end of the I state don't. of right, play. Yeah, but like London Studios doing Blood and Truth they did that last time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I I went down their whole page and they're mostly accounted for. So mm. I, don't, I don't know. I, I would love a new Rat- Ratchet and Clank. That was I'm, yeah. I'm was just really good. I'm so excited for some new games to talk about. Yeah. There's gonna be some good stuff and some new things and <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I feel like there's a point there where like we got in that weird cadence where like too much stuff would get announced at E3 and then yeah. none of it would come out and it's all kind of come out and we're like so what, what do do? does Sony have besides yeah. the three things we've seen for three E3s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to know and even something like we know of Medieval, but just to see more of it. Yeah. It's literally been one trailer. So right. I'm excited to see what they show and I'm excited to be proven wrong that it's not Ratchet or Sly in two days. But of course we'll be updating uh as that happens. We'll hope to cover that pretty shortly after. Going to move on from News Crunch. News Crunch has ended. Longest news crunch in history. <laughs> So I'll play the theme again for fun. Two masterpiece. Pay that kid. Memory card. Just pressing all the buttons. That robot wasn't paid either. He was not. Uh, Next week on the show, we have that robot to talk about how he wasn't paid. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very impressive. Change your controller ports now. Um, Ronnie, since this is your first time on the show, and you, of course, have made those memory card jingles for us. I was hoping you might be able to give us a memory card memory. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I'm going to cheat just a little bit. Um, I've been playing a whole lot of Mortal Kombat 11 because that game is fantastic, even though Mitchell Saltzman just bodied me a few minutes ago. It, like, I think he almost double-perfected to me like every time. Mm-hmm. I've, been playing so much, I've been playing so much story mode and uh, Towers of Time and stuff, and I can hang with him in Street Fighter. Not so in Mortal Kombat. It is, it is rough. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat and uh, losing that spectacularly. Uh, made me think about actually playing the original Mortal Kombat on the SNES, which is not the best version, um, but playing with my dad a whole lot and getting to the age, finally, I remember this day very vividly, I think I was six years old, getting to the age where I would beat him every single time, and he just put the controller down, he's like, I'm not going to play with you anymore. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd seen my dad get like frustrated with me, not because I did something wrong, but because I was better than him at something. And you know everyone has that has that point where they see their parents not as superheroes anymore. It's like, oh, they're a person, and I made them mad. That sucks. Mm-hmm. It happened to you at such a young age. Yeah, and it, <laughs> did it by Mortal Kombat is the most painful fatality of all. Um, but no, it 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 was a it's something I like I said I remember very vividly, and 
something that's kind of bittersweet now. So it was a good memory playing with him. Like, uh, we enjoyed doing that a whole lot, but we don't really play games much anymore. Um, we play Bomberman, like when I, uh, when I see him, and uh, we connect through sports now more than we do video games. <laughs> I think Christmas but, is just around the corner. You should fly home and whoop his ass in Mortal Kombat. Be just be like, yeah. Dad, it's time to be beat the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> check out check out these new graphics. Yeah, just um, beat that asshole over Mortal Kombat. This is just my, one more time. This is my career. Um, the funny thing is he's in the medical community. He's like the, I'm going to get this title wrong, but he's like the life skills director for like all of MD Anderson mm-hmm. or something, which is like the biggest hospital system down there. So um, it's funny hearing him comment on anatomy in those games. It's yeah. Like, that wouldn't happen. It's like, Dad, we know. Are, those, are like, those x-rays not real? They are not. Donnie no, Kitch's foot cannot go through that man's chest. Ooh, I, I, I talked to the leading testicle expert in the nation, and he said that you can absolutely kick a guy in the testicles so hard that they explode. I think that's true. Torso. Yeah. yeah. Why James Cameron uses his hair. I'd love to have your dad come in and do like real life Mortal Kombat. I would uh, love to do it. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. I would do that, and I want to do a let's play with my dad with doing Mortal Kombat 11. You want to thinks. whoop his ass on camera. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that, that, that would be my... Memory card, memory. Well, I you, think no technically the the that. Super Nintendo did not have a memory card, but we love you. We'll, we'll take it here. anyway. We accept it. Um, appreciate you se- sending that into us via your vocals here in the studio. I really, Anytime. I was going to say something else, and the wrong word came out, so I'm just rolling <laughs> with that. Um, of course, if you have a story you'd like to share with us for memory card uh, of your triumphs, your sad stories, whatever you may have of your past in gaming, write in to beyond at ign.com with the subject line memory card. Uh, I had a lot in the bank that I was going to read, but one came in in the last three hours that I really want to read because that's quite the twist ending. Uh, this comes from Ryan. Ryan said, hey, Beyond Crew, love the show. Keep up the great work. My memory card is as follows. In ninth grade, there was this girl in one of my classes that liked to talk about games. I loved games, but I didn't own very many. In fact, the only two games I owned that were current gen were Sonic Adventure 2 and Resident Evil 4. Needless to say, Resident Evil 4 was my favorite. Since I only had two games, I would play it over and over again. And one of those games is so much better than the Sonic other. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Yeah. What the? F- Escape to the City, man. It's the best song ever made. Uh, anyway, I beat that game about 180 times on the GameCube and at least another 100 when I rebought it on the Wii, which is kind of embarrassing, but I'm still excited for the upcoming Switch release and the inevitable PS5 and Stadia ports of this game. That's like two weeks away. I cannot wait to play that game again. Chainsaw Man still scares me. He's awesome. Yeah, it's terrifying. Anyway, <laughs> it's not I- after hearing me talk about RE4 a lot, she wanted to borrow it. I loaned it to her, expecting her to ha- expecting to have it back within a week. Seven days later, I checked back in, only to find that she hadn't even made it through the opening scene because it was too scary. I felt bad, so I let her take my memory card to use all my infinite ammo guns and rocket launchers, thinking it would make it less scary. No. It still took her five weeks to beat the game, which was five weeks without a memory card for me. In this five-week period, I love how much you guys are thinking this is going a certain way. In this five-week period, I played so much Sonic that I knew every song in the game word for word. Fast forward 10 years, and that girl is now my wife. What? Did she, she, did she erase your memory card? Uh, Ryan didn't say. Ryan, please oh, write thank in. God. Uh, when she sees me playing a cool game, she still hijacks my save files, forcing me to replay games from the beginning. I just got Thanks chills. Yeah. yeah. That was the best story I've Isn't ever heard yeah. so in my life. Good? That yes. was a roller coaster. That goes yeah. everywhere. Oh, I, knew, oh I totally knew you guys were thinking the delete save. But yeah. when, I read, when I read to the end and it was like, and now we're married. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to read this. Turns out the scariest part of that story was having to play that Sonic game. 
<laughs> yeah, for five weeks without a memory card. I know. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you so much for writing in with that story. I absolutely loved it. It was great. Um, again, if you have any stories, please write in to be on at IGN.com. We'll read more in the weeks to come. I imagine we may even do a longer memory card segment with how many yeah. we've gotten in. But good luck topping that story. Yeah, it was a good one. I, f- I, I don't want anyone good. to have to feel a follow-up. And that young boy grew good. up to job. be Albert Einstein. <gasps> That was a good, that was a good. That'd be impressive. Uh, Yes, so anyway, thank you so much. And again, if you would like to write in beyond at IGN.com for either that, or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, quibbles, whatever about the show, we'll read them on the air sometimes, uh, except for concerns. Maybe go check with someone. Don't wait a week for us to write back. But anyway, uh, before we wrap up the show, I just want to check what you guys are playing. What do you guys, uh, if you're working on anything you want to promote? Uh, Ronnie, start with Uh, you. A lot of Mortal Kombat 11, and uh, I am replaying through Final Fantasy X. And uh, quick, was it the Switch port or uh, the PS4 one? PS4. Um, mm-hmm. Quick side note: Everyone makes fun of the laughing scene in Final Fantasy X. After replaying that, I was afraid to replay it because I, I love that game. It's very important to me. After replaying it, I will defend that scene to the death. I think it's very needed. I think it's well done. Let them know. There defend to the death. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I haven't been playing much lately. Um, playing a little bit of uh, Saints Row the Third on uh, the old Switch. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a game that was like very, very firmly rooted in sort of my early days working in in games. So that's kind of cool to go back to. Is that when you're the president, or is that fourth? That's the fourth Four. one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Three is the one with uh, the power scene. That's Kanye. the one. Where, yeah, mm-hmm. we're just kind of Jeez. sort of rebooted yeah. the whole franchise, and some people got mad, but everyone else was very excited about it. <laughs> that old lore. Yeah. Um, but no, like uh, I'm dabbling in Plague Tale Innocence, which I think we can talk about next week. Okay. Yeah, uh, Monday. Yeah, but I've been, I don't know, I've been kind of like weirdly like not super big on games lately. I've been reading a lot. Uh, been reading this uh, this author named China Mayville, Mayville, who does uh, intense, weird fantasy stuff. Uh, great book called Perdido Street Station, follow-up book called The Scar, and now I'm on one called Iron Council. Uh, if you are into like weird fantasy lore, steampunkish, cyberpunky type of things it's really really good and i'm cool. completely head over heels with that universe so have you read the mistborn novels i have not i like those a lot those are yeah. cool like steampunk fantasy stuff i normally don't like steampunk fantasy stuff but like china mayville is like very much in sort of the same like william gibson vibe of like this kind of subverts genre expectations okay. yeah mistborn isn't nearly that weird but it does have some weird like cool story things you don't expect i like good monsters in a book i like to imagine the monsters with i believe brain. That. yeah yeah i get that Brian, what about you? Uh, I've been playing a little Mortal Kombat 11, which I love, but I'm terrible at. Just truly, truly bad. Um, I've never been great at fighting games, but that's it's fun to play that one because the, it has those those triggers that you can fill up a meter for and hit L and R and just basically feel like a god. <laughs> uh, it's, I've been playing that game with my wife, and she's like just laughing hysterically, that's, kicking my ass in that game. That's because, yeah, it's like it's the kind of thing where like when you pull off one of those moves, like it's this just bloody orchestra of of hell and and bl- just spat- splatters that turn into not it's i can't even explain it's it. kind of like when you beat a level of peggle but yep. with blood but with blood instead yeah instead of yeah and on the flip flip side i've been playing the dlc in overcooked 2 which is super fun okay. it's all camping themed and you can make s'mores Ooh, nice they were taking after the mech gala i presume that's right quick side note what is your favorite fatal blow in Mortal Kombat 11, uh, I think it might be Katana has this one where like she punches you in the stomach and your blood goes into the air and then it turns into a sickle that she grabs and then slices you in half with and then there's like six more minutes after that where she's just like jamming knives in your neck and all sorts of fun stuff and then your nuts probably explode. I like Jax's because he just grabs you and then punches you in the face really really fast and his arms catch on fire and then he punches you some more. That's insane. It's great. Those I people to, are nuts. I need to play more of that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it sounds very. It's fun. fun. Don't play Mitch. 
hell no (laughs) hell no uh i definitely need to play more of that i've been i have sunk i think legitimately like 60 hours into assassin's creed odyssey in the last like week and a half two weeks i have like fallen so hard back into that game i'm in the legacy of the first blade dlc right now i really just want to get up to the fate of atlantis yeah uh indiana jones uh really get up (laughs) to that dlc because it just looks like so my jam and there's so much it's so weird there's a very major important storyline in that game that is a total side mission that you if you beat the main campaign you would never touch but it is the storyline that ties into the overarching like AC mythology and lore. Mm-hmm. But it's just completely to the side. But it's super deep. We need to like, compare notes. Make sure I get that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Play. It, it's a really fun quest line. But it's also okay. like, oh wow, this is totally optional. Yeah. I just beat. Um, sorry, I know we're running out of time, but I just played through all of AC Origins oh, okay. this last year and most of the DLC, uh, the stuff that like concerned the actual formation of of the Assassins Guild and. Like that kind of stuff is really interesting yeah. to me. Like the actual how it starts. I feel like I'm I'm on the I'm out of the loop properly with Assassin's Creed games, and I played Origins, and I like I I, I didn't I, I liked it a, a bit, but then everyone's like Odyssey's where it's at, and I'm gonna probably jump on the next one, and then the one after that's gonna be the one where I should play it. So maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me, like Odyssey, it essentially takes the foundation that Origins made, and I like it a lot. Like obviously, I think if you play that game, for me personally, like play it as Cassandra. Cassandra is so far more interesting to me than Alexios. Um, and it's also like there's just you can have so much fun with the character interactions with her and like, <clears throat> excuse me, the way you can shape her. I think that performance is really fun to watch. Um, but I, it leans both into the like fun historical romp, but also weird mm-hmm. sci fi misuse of lore and mythology in a fun way that sounds good you're mm-hmm. good friends with socrates and also, he, he like never shuts up okay. yeah everyone like gets really annoyed with him it's pretty horny too right oh ac Odyssey it's very is randy so horny. okay i need a yeah. good randy game i was actually pretty upset that like one of the first <laughs> scenes in origins you're like you buy it comes out and like cleopatra's like brothel and she's like ah if you i will sleep with anybody who lets me stab them in the neck later or something and some guy's like i'll do it buy it comes out and she's all like Hello, handsome. And he's like, hi, this is my wife. Come on out, sweetheart. Say hello to Cleopatra. I'm taken. This is the ring on my... And I was like, oh, this guy's not going to be much fun. Oh, no. Odyssey, you're just selling around ancient Greece, sleeping with whoever you want. I can dig it. It's a lot of fun. I love Bayek. Uh, I think he was great. He was nice. I made him wear that metal cat head and jump around scaring chickens a lot. It was a good time. Anyway, this has been Beyond Episode 590. Uh, People can find us all on the Instagrams and Twitters. Brian, you are at Agent Bizzle. That's right. Max, you are at Max Scoville. Ronnie, you're at Ronnie underscore Barrier. Yes. And I am at J.M. Dornbush. Uh, of course, tune in every day to everything we're doing on IGN. Up at noon airs on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, noon that's right. Eastern. On IGN.com. And uh, we're going to start rolling full episodes out on YouTube thanks to popular demand. So look awesome. out for that. They've gotten really weird, and we're very proud of the show. So if you haven't checked it out yet, keep an eye out. Yeah. yeah. Y'all search for uh, Up at Noon Mortal Kombat. That was a wonderful video. Oh, man, that was a blast. I got to assist. Ronnie, you made Mickey. art. Yeah, you did so good there, buddy. I made some fun names, and I'm very proud. I love what you guys are doing with that show, and I'm excited to see more episodes. Uh, Anyway, this has been Beyond, episode 590. We're so close to 600. And as always, Beyond. 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 Bruschetta. Damn it. Whataburger. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.